What's going on, everybody? Cali Death Podcast back once again for 98 episodes we're going to do tonight, guys. This is episode 98. I am Anthony, your host, and always with me, my resident homies, Joel and Casey. Uh, I actually don't know. Are we going to see the professor later on tonight? I don't and know. That's silence. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anyways, possibly. possibly, possibly. Um, anyways, guys, what's going on? Thank you for being with us. Thank you to uh, everybody who is already here with on Twitch. And thank you for the future people who are going to pop in here. Um, uh, if you want to see these things live, you guys got to come to our Twitch channel. Twitch, uh, what is it? What is that? Do we even have a link for that to pop up it's for just us? Twitch.tv. Yeah, I'll put it up there. Cool. Twitch.tv so, yeah. for the listeners. Twitch.tv slash uh, Podcast. There you go. Boom. And you can hang out with us live, and if not, we'll, it'll still be up on uh, YouTube the next day and all the podcast platforms for audio and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, but I already introduced you guys, Joel and Casey, right? What's yes. going on, guys? Hey. And tonight we are joined by uh, a long time. I've known about Pessimist for a long time, dude, so it's really cool to be able to, to sit here and chat with you, Kelly. We got Kelly McLaughlin. What's going on, bro? Awesome. Thanks. How you guys doing? Glad to be here, man. Good, man. Yeah, definitely. It's true Cali cool. Death podcast since you're uh, in California with us as well. So yeah, that's always okay. cool, dude. Um, let's get some... Uh, oh, actually, did I say anything else that I needed to say? Um, no, I already mentioned the Twitch. Yeah, come hang out on Twitch, guys. It's It, it doesn't cost anything, right? Joel, it doesn't no. cost you to have a Twitch, right? All right. No, no, so yeah, dude, if you come and hang out with us on a Thursday night, what else are you going to be doing? Well, actually, it's football season, so maybe people will be watching football and shit. But... But yeah, but uh, plugs real quick. Uh, you know, you know, it's coming. Battleforgecoffee.com. The homies and deeds of flesh. They got the 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 mean bean for you guys to grind up and mean get your bean. day started. The mean bean, dude. Nice. <laughs> yeah, dude. They got the coffee. They got the swag. They're doing a good thing over there. It's good shit. And um, we don't have any merch still, guys. <laughs> I've been saying that for like probably <laughs> fucking 10 podcasts now. But uh, Kelly, what's up with you, dude? You got um, uh, certain <clears throat> places they want you want people to go to on the internet, find merch and all that kind of stuff? Oh, yeah, for merch. Well, of course, um, all our merch right now is being handled through um, Season of Mist. Uh, print on demand. So if you just go to the Season of Mist website and search out Pessimist, you'll see we got like maybe, uh, I don't know, nine or 10 shirt designs for our reissues and stuff like that. Um, that's, that's about it as far as merch right now. So, but you get those as, um, you know, t shirts, zippered hoodies, pullovers, like girly baby doll tees, long sleeves, um, you know, wife beaters or whatever. They, they, they got it all there. So that's, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, just, yeah, season of mist. That's where it's at. What about a uh, band camp? You guys got a band camp or anything? Well, yeah, we do have a band camp. Also, it's uh, pessimist cult is the name. It's pessimistcult.bandcamp.com, uh, and that's um, that's also handled by Season of Mist, though. They do all that. They do all the shipping uh, and everything right there. So, yeah, right on. yeah, man. Cool, um, anybody who's looking for our website, I mean, uh, we'll just we'll just dive straight in and go to that. You know. Uh, usually say that for the end, but that's um, pessimist.us. So okay. that's nice. our website. Yeah, we're on all the socials too. 
killer, dude. Nice. Looking off quick, Joel is, dude. He's already got it there. Yeah. Hopefully, I spelled it right. It was quick. You hey, did. You got, you got it. it. You got it. Dude. <laughs> He's getting faster at that, dude. <laughs> He's got a fast nice. finger, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude. Check we'll, it out. Check it out for sure, dude. For Underground sure. fucking true death metal. A lot of pure, pure aspects to Pessimist that go, going through your guys's, uh, discography again this week um i, I feel nice. like like it's true death metal you know it's like the, you very it takes, much. yeah i mean i i, I want to like you're wearing an incantation shirt you know case casey yeah. and i yeah. had spoken about it and, and you could definitely feel the incantation influence the deicide influence and yeah dude. yes all that awesome yeah totally. glad to hear that you'll be hearing a lot more of that on the new record too as well Nice. Uh, it's maybe even a little more prevalent. Like, I mean, as, as you go through and listen, like you might be like, that's a DSI riff. That's okay. There's a Slayer riff. That's obituary. You know, there, you know, and it just, that's our style. It still sounds like pessimist and that's, you know, but we're very well rooted in the old school death metal, uh, particularly the Florida scene, but also New York styles, you know, I had, uh, my first time coming across you guys was on a, compilation through sod magazine you remember those sure. yeah of and course they would, and they would come with uh they'd come plastic wrapped with a little sampler cd from a certain record label that would come out with it that month sure. or i think it wasn't every month i think that was a four time a year yeah, like quarterly. A quarterly. yeah yeah and, yeah uh, i remember hearing you guys on one of those samplers and it was one of the more standout bands on that compilation i forget what label uh, so, well, I would think about 2000, 2000 to 2002, what label were you guys signed to at that time? So we were on a label at that time called uh, Lost Disciple Records. Yep, which was, it is. Yeah, it's, um, we were pretty much the biggest band on there, except at first they had a hardcore band called Blood for Blood. So have you ever heard of them? Yep. Um, and then we were basically the second band to sign to that label. Um they ended up signing a few more bands um, from the West Coast, a black metal band named Noctuary. You guys might remember them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and then um, later on, we actually referred them to some friends of ours, Averse Sephira uh, from Texas. And uh, they did real well with the, the label and everything. The label was growing. We had very good distribution through you know, Relapse, Century Media, Nuclear Blast, and all the mail order catalogs getting in stores and a lot of press, radio airplay and stuff like that. And then... Um, Right around 2006 or so, maybe if I get that correctly, the label folded, went underground, or you know, just went out of business. Mm. And basically, so that was like what you know, 15, almost 20 years ago. Our our records were just out of print; they were just right. gone. And um, the label basically still owned the rights to our master recordings, and so there wasn't much there wasn't much going on for the band for a while. So that's yeah, you know, that's kind of when. That's how that went. But yeah, Lost Disciple, uh, they're not they're not around anymore. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah that's that I was just saying that that's the first place that I had come across you guys. Um, but yeah, dude, let's let's dig into your past a little bit before all this stuff. Like we wow. usually always started off as far as you can remember, dude. And we we want to know what your <clears throat> what the, the seeds of your musical influence are and where they came 
from the earliest in your childhood. And, you know, for me, it was doo-wop and 50s stuff that my parents were playing, 50s and 40s and 50s stuff that my parents were playing around the house and, you know, Motown and all that stuff. Just basically what made your ears perk up as a child, you know? Sure. I mean, that's a really cool question. Um, And it's pretty simple. I mean, like you, I grew up listening to music around the house. My mom and dad were into different kinds of music in the 70s, folk rock and folk music. Mom liked um, Neil Young, Barry Manilow, Kenny Rogers. I heard a lot of, you know, these songs have a lot of melodies and the way the songs are constructed and they have hooks and they're catchy. And, you know, then uh, a little later, you know, dad had some Jimi Hendrix records and I kind of got turned on to that. Um, But yeah, we always had music around the house. Even um, my aunts and uncles like played organ and piano in the church, you know, sang in the choir. So we were always around, kind of had music around. And um, yeah, you know, I, I loved rock music and songs the way they would get stuck in your head especially stuff from the 70s man and uh right you know basically in like elementary school to junior high i started i joined the marching band and started off playing saxophone so i learned to read music you know learned a bunch more songs i got really sorry, good at what that age, what age was that what age was that fuck man i was probably like 10 when i picked up the saxophone started playing sax yeah. in the school band I just got my my eleven year old a trumpet. He just he wants to start playing trumpet because he's got a band class now too <laughs> in fifth grade. Oh, awesome. So yeah, awesome. He's uh, yeah. I, I yeah, think that when I I really appreciate wind instruments in my adulthood too. It wasn't something that I really was like drawn to. You know, it was always distorted guitars or beats and and all that kind of stuff. But now. I'm starting to really appreciate brass and wind, you know? Sure thing, man. For sure. So how long, you, um, and sax was the first thing? Yeah, so that, and that was the same thing for me. It, was, it would have been uh, fifth and sixth grade. And then I played sax all the way up to high school. So for about six years, something like that, I got very, you know, pretty good at it. I was the best in the school. My parents made me practice every day. It was like a discipline thing. Yeah. I just got very good at it, man. I, I understood scales. I understood music. I mean, sax is different than a guitar because it's uh, it's a linear instrument, like single notes, rather than mm-hmm. on a guitar you play chords or piano you play chords. So right. um, yeah, by the time I hit high school, and then so that would have been around 1981, 82, 83, all the best heavy metal music in the world to this day was coming <laughs> out right, right. So you know, all the Iron Maiden, you know. Everything, um, Quiet Riot was on the charts, rap was getting played on the radio, so it was Scorpions, Def Leppard, everything. And at that point, I basically, I picked up guitar and, you know, I haven't really played a sax since, you know. I was like, well, yeah. guitar is so much cooler and you get a lot more attention with it. Um, yeah, so that would have that been you get, Did you ever, uh, did you get, get an opportunity to pick it up later on and see if you could still whale on the sax or not whale on it yeah i think i have picked up one i forget where i was maybe a music store and just uh yeah i can still get noise out of it i still remember the scales and the fingerings and stuff so you know that's it's cool. cool that's fun yeah what what's that with sax i like i forget 
I've tried to play one. I don't think I've ever gotten a note out of one. So when you have the reed in the sax, are you supposed to make a like a noise into it, or did you just blow into it? You blow into it, but you have, you put your teeth on the top, and then you kind of like tongue it from the bottom. I would say, and you kind of like tuh, 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 like that, oh, kind of like okay. a kind of thing. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah, with the, with the trumpet, you would do what you were doing. Yeah, that's right. right. That's right. You, it's got to be like right. a, you're actually making helping the noise happen <laughs> with your lips. Yeah, yeah. It's like you're we'll farting. It. Do a raspberry into it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. Mm -hmm. So from there on, so you were playing the sax, and then so you picked up the guitar app right after that. Yeah, and like probably about tenth grade, you know, high school. I was just like, wow, guitar is the the way to go. Um, the um, I'm reaching way back here to the very beginnings, you know, the dawn of time because metal was just coming out. And I lived out in the country. We didn't have, you know, it's not like out here where there was KNAC and everything. We just had a very small FM station out in the country. But I rode the school bus a lot every day for hours and hours every day. So I became very enchanted with pop music and music that was on the radio. I knew all the songs I could still tell you to this day, my, my eighties music trivia is fucking strong, man. I can, Hell yeah. you know, test me on it. You know, I, I yeah. caught anything. Um, so, um, where were you growing up? Was it California then? Yeah, no, I, was, I grew up on the East coast in a, okay. a very small state called Delaware. It's right next to Maryland near PA, New Jersey. I don't okay. know if anybody knows where that's at. So a uh, small town called Georgetown, Delaware, and it was just basically a lot of, you know, cornfields and chickens and like yeah. trees, basically. There's not a lot there. There's the beach in the summertime, which was awesome. Um, but in the winter, it was kind of beat. Nowadays, it's pretty fucking cool there. Sweet, yeah. Dude. So when did you come across yeah. a guy with a like minded attitude towards the the stuff you were finding on the radio? Did you already have friends find it? Yeah. Did you, Well, I'm just saying, like, you said you were really sure. into the, the 80s, you know, stuff that was on the radio. Did you already have friends yeah. that were discovering it with you or? So like, so kind of how that all happened, there was a, there's a rock station out of uh, Maryland called 98 Rock. And they would have, uh, you know, on Sundays, like the, the rock block or the King Biscuit Flower Hour and stuff. Like, oh, and there was a show called Metal Shop. Do you guys remember that syndicated out of New York City? Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And that was around the same years, like. Uh, I guess this would have been a little later, but like, for example, when, you know, when Metallica, when they dropped Master of Puppets came out, they did the debut, the nationwide syndicated debut on Metal Shop. So I heard wow. Battery, Battery, and I believe it was the thing that should not be. They played those two songs and no one had ever heard this stuff before. I mean, it was the kind of stuff that would, I mean, it blow your mind, you know, totally. it was the most yeah. stuff. Um, as far as like early influences of what got me into that earlier was, um, the same radio station, 98 Rock, but I was hearing um, rock blocks of like ACDC, Iron Maiden, you know, and I was into back then, you know, there was like Pink Floyd and uh, Led Zeppelin and Aerosmith and stuff. But when I started hearing metal, I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm going to tell you guys, the first band that, you know, really rocked my socks off was Black Sabbath, man. I mean, hell yeah. Black Sabbath, I mean, Totally. I joined a record club, BMG, Columbia House. I bought everything I could get my hands on, man. Black Sabbath, Van Halen, Blue Oyster Cult. I mean, you name it. And, you know, Black Sabbath scared the shit out of me, man. I don't know about you guys. But that was, you know, it was the most heaviest, scariest, 
craziest sound in music I'd ever heard. You know, Ozzy's singing about the devil. And, you know, it was just, it's, it was nuts. And uh, I mean, that was kind of the first stepping stone. They came, you know, Iron Maiden, Juice Priest. The first two Ozzy records dropped with Randy Rhodes. You know, when they came out with um, Blizzard of Oz and Diary of Madman, it was just life changing for me, man. That's right. And I was mm-hmm. I, that that was so that was a big turning point for me. I was instantly fucking hooked. That's I found no turning back point. That's no turning back point, dude. <laughs> yeah, I was off the deep end for sure. And yeah, so yeah, I did. I found you know kids, a friend of mine in school, and uh, he had a guitar, and his dad knew how to play guitar, so he started showing me some bar chords, and yeah, I mean that's kind of where it started out, man. Yeah. So going back to Black friend- Sabbath too, though. Sorry to cut you off, but going back to Black Sabbath too, like nowadays if we get hear a band we can instantly go on the internet and type in like what do they look like what's going on like what, what you know their whole vibe you can kind of figure out online like right. back then all you had was like the records and you just had the scary sound coming from it and maybe a magazine would come out with like a picture of them and that's like mm-hmm. all you didn't you couldn't like do research on them it was just like what you hear and then they're kind of mysterious because you get the album pictures and that's pretty much all you got to go off of is just to look mm-hmm. at that picture of them and go like whoa coming from these guys like what's up with these guys and you can't like oh you can't dive in more you know well that that creates this mystique this kind of aura of mystique especially around bands like led zeppelin where i just remember the the mystique and the mysticism around jimmy page you know and you know people would you know say rumors like i heard he bought alistair crowley's mansion you know and he reads books on black magic and he had this kind of aura of this black wizard of this magician guitar player and that really appealed to me um as well as like tony iomi and these guys who were had this very dark kind of mystique around their playing so um another thing we got into is um there was rock magazines back then so everybody remembers um hit parader or um what else was there metal edge there was um was kerrang or caring is that that go back to that i think right but um they were like U.S. mags, I guess. But, um, yeah, and you can flip through the magazine. Same thing, that have Motley Crue, Def Leppard, Scorpions, Y&T, any band you could think of. And I remember flipping to the back pages, and they had this guy, this guitar instructor, Doug Marks, uh, for, for a um, guitar lessons company he had called Metal Method. And I sent off for some of those, and, like, I was probably in 11th grade, so I'm, like, I don't know, 16 or something. And back then you had to, I think, mail a check. I even mailed him cash, like a $10 bill through the mail. You know, you, just, you wait for a month. Like you, you don't get like an email confirmation or anything. You just wait by your mailbox. And then like, you know, yeah, yeah like a month later it comes and it's, it's a cassette and a booklet, like a little tablature booklet. So you had to look through and follow the tablature and play the tape. And um, wow, so that, wow. that really started, man. Yeah. That's awesome. Metal I think Metal, Metal Method's still around. Uh, I think I think Metal Method's still a thing. I still see that, that logo. Yeah, yeah, it's trippy. Absolutely, yeah. Cool. I just love the you know the the DIY aspects are always there from the beginning too. Like me- metal forced itself into the zeitgeist. You know, we it, it, at that point it's like yeah hearing you send ten dollars cash and hope it gets there and hope something shows up but you know like yeah. but it, it the t- in the whole tape trading thing too like yeah it was basically the underground didn't give a fuck about you know getting help by anybody we're gonna make it happen no matter what 
Definitely. And exactly. Because if that didn't happen, you know, what would what would it be like today if there was lazy people back then, you know? But there's it's yeah, not this isn't a lazy style of music, even back in its beginning era, you know. You didn't have a choice back then. Like you had to you had to seek it and you had if you had to want it. If you don't want it, you're not gonna get it. You know what I mean? It's like there's no other choice. There's no like there's not like a a, a Amazon Prime app. It's like, yeah, buy it now. Like it's gonna show up. Yeah. It's like you gotta like seek it out. You're like into it. You gotta well, it's like. It's crazy to think it. that people like don't even come like have to deal with this like in modern times. But like, yeah, if there, if you like didn't own an album physically, but like before the internet and music, was yeah. around, you couldn't just hear it like anytime. You <laughs> yeah. Know? So, so like, now, yeah. you just go hear something like oh like reference something, pull it up and listen to it in, in any time now. You know. I wonder if there's somebody who's listening like, to this right now that. uh has never even like held a cassette tape or played a cassette tape, you know? <laughs> For sure. Dude. I mean, you probably don't make your set of them or yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they are, they are making a comeback, you know, with the whole, like we talked about before, a lot of yeah. the bands are only releasing cassettes now because they're like, oh, fuck yeah. it. It's kind of a new cool thing. Yeah. Cause they're like, it's a cool thing. And, and like, uh, I've brought it up a few times. Like I bought a new car and like, there's no fucking CD player in it anymore. It's like, mm -hmm. they don't put, it's like, it's connects via bluetooth like that's like the only way to connect your phone Anything. to the, yeah. the stereo is like it just goes like through the air into your fucking console and then through you're just connecting the <laughs> yeah it's not like there's no media you know what i mean so i, I the the tape thing actually made sense to me because i was like because i buy i buy vinyls like i have a bunch of vinyls behind me but i they're sealed yeah. like i just i just want the vinyl like for the piece of art and i can listen yeah. to it easily online but i want to like you know have that big piece of art yeah. of the albums i love you know it's yeah of, even if you don't play them dude it still just gives you that sense of nostalgia plus like the effort to put forth a piece of art like you were saying yep. the whole experience we've said it many a times on the show the ripping it open opening it up reading all the liners you know i mean cheech and chong records used to come with zigzags <laughs> and shit in them you know yeah, yeah. so you get yeah, little yeah. bonuses like that too <laughs> you can't <laughs> good old days man right right and but and, and it isn't just a nostalgia thing but it really just shows that like we're rec even the newer generations are recognizing the past there may have been some kids that bought a record or a tape player just to play a defeated sanity tape you know yep, and, yep. And they would have never previously had uh, a piece of equipment like that but since you know, I, I'm referencing that because didn't this defeated do like their whole discography as a box oh, set of cassette tapes? Wow, oh, that's a, yeah, so that's a fun idea. I, don't know, I would, yeah, you I would actually sure? want to buy that. You know, crazy, right on. Definitely, that's, cool. that's like these new ideas that bands are coming out with are, are they're fun. You know, it's like uh, there's you know bands coming out with the uh, they're doing the two songs at a time and they're releasing like a seven inch for each of those two songs and different art for each piece and like almost like it's like a puzzle it's like you want the whole collection like collect them all you know what i mean it's like a thing that you want and just to have and like i don't know i think that's the wave of the future of trying to get like physical media out to people you know mm -hmm. besides shirts and stuff like that you're right yeah definitely grasping on to something it it really is just like making sure that we don't lose this guys like we don't need to buy zip drives of it that was another thing too that i was thinking like usb zip drives would have been a thing too yeah. like you go to a 
concert and just here's our whole thing just on this little thing with our logo the usb on. drive yep yeah yeah i'm sure they there has been there um, has you know I've, bought, I've some i've gotten some from some bands like just a usb drive thumb thumb drive of just like an album and a couple music videos or something you know so this is the well, response to that you know or yeah try and keep, hold on to some of the past you could probably plug that fucker into your car now and it'll just play like music videos on your screen. <laughs> That's crazy, man. Jesus. So, all right. So your your life's changed once you come across all the stuff we were just mentioning. So yeah. what about the your your fan your friend friend base? Like, were you guys all like uh passing stuff back and forth and oh dude, I found this, check this out. I mean, yeah, there was, again, it's a, it was a very small town. We were way out in the country. You know, I only knew one or two kids who even had a guitar. It's not like nowadays where you have, there's, you know, uh, you know, whatever music around or music stores everywhere. You just go buy guitars. It wasn't like that out there. If you knew someone had, had a guitar, it was a pretty big deal to even yeah. somebody who had a guitar or somebody who had a drum set. Like, oh, they're almost automatically in the band. Like, what, you play drums? Right, right, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. That's how no, he got into Sabbath, because he had a PA. <laughs> yeah, I heard that too. No shit. That's the story, dude? I, I never <laughs> fucking knew that. <laughs> wow. So that's rad. That's so, good. and on that, on that same thing about, um, you know, physical media, like, and this is no lie, kids. It, you know, it sounds like, I remember growing up and hearing, you know, my grandparents say, you know, oh, we never had TV or we only had black and white TV or something. It's, it's hard to understand. It's hard to grasp when you haven't been there. But mm -hmm. for me, I can tell you for real, I was learning Black Sabbath riffs off the record, you know, like from the vinyl yeah. at a record player. And I have to go put the needle very carefully on this part of the record. That's there goes weird, the riff. Like, oh, okay, I'll right. oh, try it again. Run across the room and like Choo -choo. Yeah, yeah. move the needle again real quick. And I mean, that's really how it was done back then. Once cassettes came out, that was like, oh, cool. Now you have a pause button and you can pause right. it, rewind. Yeah. It was a little more easier, but. So that was um, like the first pause button was the cassette then. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, it is oh, true. Yeah. I didn't even think was of that. It? Yeah, was that's because there's no way to really pause. Like if you, well, if you a record player, needle you comes pause, up, right? But the needle no, comes up, right? Doesn't it? It just and then it just drops oh, somewhere it random, Shout out, not a drunk dude. That's a that's a yeah. Good, that's a good one. We should do the the floppy disk release. The floppy disk release. You get like you get like a like a second twenty floppy disks. Yeah. It only holds like one floppy Yeah, one song yeah. per disc, dude. Like, <laughs> disc holds that. Yeah, yeah. That's like uh, it's all like an eight bit like fucking Sega Genesis style songs. Yeah. How many megabytes do oh okay, so there's the hard floppies that were late, but I I remember like the old floppy floppy disc. Like, yeah, floppy you, you could literally yeah, flop. yeah they're that those big. Those were yeah. those were bad. Yeah. Uh, you couldn't even get like and you had to pre uh, you press it in and then it had like a little spring tension in yeah. there. Yeah, you like turn this thing, yeah. lock it, lock it down, like <laughs> make sure yeah. it doesn't come out. The hard ones were out one point one point four megabytes, so that's okay. It's right. still not even enough for oh. a song. It's, okay. it's like the first minute just... of a song would be. Yeah, you, you need like three or four of them for if you, you got like a super anchor band. Pig Destroyer yeah, yeah. can fit it on the early. Pig Destroyer can fit it on one disc, one song on <laughs> yeah. one disc, one song per. Yeah. Oh man, the song hilarious. has to be short enough to fit on a floppy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like just go to like the oldest media you can find. Like, yeah, ours was yeah. on punch cards. Like, that's the original way they made computers. <laughs> <laughs> ours in binary, dog. Like, 
know. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Funny. Uh, hell yeah, dude. All right. All right. So um so yeah, we weren't really we didn't even stop anywhere other than so things were just flirt like growing for you, you know, with, yeah. with what you were being exposed to in this small town. Like yeah. I love that too, that just to go on like metal will always find a way, like even if you're in a small town, sure. little, little, uh, social group, whatever metal will still find its way into a little part of that small town, you know? And I love that. I love yeah, that. Man. It's just like that. It's like a, a positive parasite, dude. Positive parasite. Yes. <laughs> It's a classic story, right? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, that this is around the same time, like MTV was just coming out, you know, right. and uh, and I was like 15 and wanting to grow my hair and like you know, hang with the cool kids and smoke cigarettes and you know, just, you know. You're, what, you're, what did you, what did mom and dad think of all that when that was happening? Oh, not good, man. I, I had very strict parents, which is largely why I turned out the way I have. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Which is, you know, I'm awesome. I'm a great person. I have a great life, but I'm a total fucking rebel. You know, I could not wait to grow my hair and, you know, get a tattoo and just, you know, Mm -hmm. and just go for it and just be awesome at life, you know? So, right, right. Right. I think is that, well, what were you going to say, Casey? Sorry. No, I was just going to say. Oh, it sounded like you were going to say something. I was just going (laughs) to. That small town, the the small town vibe, like maybe that. is that why your parents were strict? Is it more religious there? Oh wow, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, so there was, parents I was weren't really religious because we've come across some guests that that kind of have that similar backstory. I mean, of, you know, I rebelled against it because, like, some guys. I was just going to say, some guys literally wouldn't be able to listen to anything but Christian music in the house. You know. Okay. Well, uh, this was not that strict, but. Um, and I don't usually go all into it, but yeah, we, we had a very religious upbringing. I was raised, um, Protestant, um, Christian, you know, church, Sunday school. And, you know, what, you know, what can I say? I hate it. I was miserable. I remember being in church and when they would play the organ and I would pretend in my mind that this was the intro for Mr. Crowley, the Aussie song that starts off with the organ. Oh, shit. Like, yeah, yeah. So, I mean. You know, so that was that was a pretty tough um, upbringing with that, and all the stuff that goes along with it. that means no, no smoking, no drinking. You know, we were raised pretty yeah. strict. But, uh, you yeah, know, but sure. I love my parents. I respect them now for what they, you know, what they put me through. They they uh, taught me to be a very fucking hard worker, man. I'm so determined, and you know, so that's that I've carried through with me in my adult that's life. That's cool too, dude. Yeah. It's like yeah. to be able to yeah. find the certain. Mm-hmm aspects of your upbringing because you could be a person that just looks back at the negative and that's it and i didn't learn anything from it other than i hated this this and that but if you mature and look back on it and realize there are lessons that i could have taken that i did or i could have taken from that to still better me as a person you 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 find what you can to use now you know sure yeah and that that took a lot of years for me to make that that kind of journey that you're referring to there. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. for a lot of years, just the rebellion, and 
not understanding and not liking it. But then, yeah, some years later, you know, yeah, you grow up, you mature, you pull through. And, totally. you know, and then some years later, I, um, I, I no longer self-identify as a Christian. That was um, that was a pretty big, uh, important step in my journey as well. So mm-hmm. but that was that came later. Yeah. Yep. Letting what go of something that well, with me, I, I would grew up Catholic. But okay. around fifth grade, my parents weren't super strict with it, though. Like we did do church every now and then for like the the um, we never really went just randomly on a Sunday. It had to be for something really like and Easter. I did do the catechism. I went to uh, Bible school for up until about fifth grade. And in fifth grade, I just started telling my I open my mom was good enough to be able to let me express myself and i was at that time i was just like i can't do this anymore it's like i some of it just seems i didn't say this at the time but some of it just seems like bullshit to me mom you know like i can understand that there's like certain morals and and things that you can take from the religion itself to better you as a person i still today can say that there's certain certain things that i learned in catholicism that are are not bad at all, but the, the whole, you know, I, I, we don't really need to get into details about it other than I just knew that some of it was totally a lie to me. And, and she was okay with that, you know, at fifth grade, she let me start to move away from it, but I didn't, I didn't actually get rid of it completely. Like the whole, I, I still remember being in like eighth grade and like praying, like, I really like this girl. <laughs> Please uh, let me let her uh, like me back. <laughs> well, gr- well gr- girls like God, so that works out. <laughs> girls like God, dude. There's, a, there's the, uh, the quote of the night so far. Girls like God, dude. Like, please God. let me please let me fornicate pre-marriage <laughs> with this girl. No, at that no, time I'm just like, let me let me maybe oh, kiss kiss and grab a boob or something like that, dude. <laughs> yeah, you know? whoa. Yeah, great. Oh, like eighth grade, that was the yeah. That was the and, yeah and, and then you, you're thinking like, wait, I'm asking God for that. Like, why? If God's the way that He is in this in the story, He's not going to be like, all right, I'm gonna. I'm gonna set Anthony up with a quick boob grab at recess tomorrow. You know? God just hooks it up. Like, okay, so. yeah. God's, yeah, God's like, dude, give him a God's... quick grab. It's all good. Uh, yeah, no, so. yeah, I, I have a weird. I had a weird relationship with it too because my grandma would bring me. She was uh, Catholic as well. Um, she would whenever when I went and visited her, if I could talk, I went and like. She lived in New Mexico, so I'd go visit her whenever she had a chance. When she got a hold of me, she's like, "All right, Sundays for fucking church. Here we go." And uh, you know, I was already kind of far. I mean, when I was younger, I went to catechism with Derek Ridquist from The Faceless. Like that was because he was doing it, and we were like good friends when we were like toddlers. So I was like, "Well, they're going, so or he's going, so I'm gonna go with them," kind of thing. And then I went, and I was mm-hmm. like, "What the fuck? This is like..." a nightmare <laughs> like, I, don't wanna, I don't wanna go it was like super strict and they were teaching i don't know it was just a strict weird um catechism but um i only went just to like hang out with friends and stuff like that and because i wanted to be i was a young kid i want to hang out with my friends but my mom was uh along the the buddhist path so i was going to like like buddhist retreats and stuff and hanging out with like fucking llamas and shit and like <laughs> like it was a totally interesting kind of childhood and and i ended up like 
seeing them way later and i'm like yeah i'm in a death metal band now <laughs> they're like they're like oh, that's cool that's cool you know like and i'm like well i'm still mellow as fuck like you guys taught me to be mellow and compassionate right. and all those things you know i still got a lot of those teachings i guess you would call it because you certain certain religions that are religions but you can also take like a kind of a moral code from and not just like the story of buddha or whatever you could like take like an actual treat people fucking nice and like care about other people yeah. kind of attitude from it um so that's kind of what i got from it is but, there yeah, is there a good and evil aspect to buddhism joel there's not or... really evil there's stories of evil um yeah. and stuff like that but i know i remember I, I remember specifically a time where we had christian protesters show up to the retreat we were at and just with like signs and shit and uh llama llama tarchin the one that was like the one that would ran the whole thing he just went mm. out to them and just like hugged them. Yeah. It's like the, who was evil in that story? It's not. I know. He's, he's yeah. like, remember the one of the first stories he ever said that I came online and remembered was uh, him saying basically in Joel talk, I don't give a fuck what you what God you believe in. Like we're here to like be nice to each other and take care of each other and blah, blah, blah. Was, yeah. you know, he didn't say I don't give a fuck, but that's what how Obviously. I took it as just like. He's all yeah. whatever you want to believe, man. Just fucking be cool. And if you want to hang out, let's. You're more than welcome to stay. Yeah, exactly. And exactly. that's that's a yeah, that's yeah. a cool way to think. I like that. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, a lot of Tibetans got pretty crazy though when China got involved, and they were like, they went like yeah. gnarly. Like they were not. Like, if you were gonna fuck with their like their uh, cities and shit, they were gonna they were gonna come after you full guns a blazing. <laughs> But you know they had to do what they had to do. Hmm. All right, so back to the music. Uh, <laughs> Wait, no, we didn't get your religious upbringing, dude. I know you, you can just skip that one easy. Exactly. Crazy. That's why Casey said it. that, dude. He doesn't want to be on the painful subject. Block. It is. Uh, it's still very painful. Problem. Very painful. No, it's you guys, have you guys ever been high in church? No. 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 It was I quit, actually, I quit actually, going to church way before I started getting high. <laughs> i've been to i've been to uh, like post being religious i've been high in a couple of church settings and it actually puts you more in tune with like everybody else in the room dude you start to look around and realize that you know that they're getting they're getting a powerful energy out of it while they're in there you know and i'm not there to to get in the way of that i, I just to be an observer uh, it actually is kind of a cool experience to watch people in their, you know, innocent elements, you know, and and so, being all together in that room. But I mean, they're just there to censor your albums and take away a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you know, most people are just there to like fucking end the week. Like I had a hard week, dude. Let's let's get some God up in this. Let's get some okay. God. Okay, I got a God story for you. So, all right, here we go. So I, so the answer to your question is, I, I grew up Protestant. Oh, full screen. Here we go. <laughs> Protestant Christian uh, at this church, and uh, my whole my family would go, but they weren't like hardcore about it or anything. We'd like celebrate Easter and those kind of things, and yay and all. This. And then uh, th there was like a period where like my mom like became like the superintendent of the Sunday school or something, and it was yeah. miserable miserable oh, Jesus. and we had to go like all the time and i kind of want to be honest for you uh it was just like <laughs> and, uh, dude it was like seriously like oh so the, i remember but i don't know i had a couple in there a couple of things you know it was like it was cool like going to sunday school like a little bit but it was mostly just like 
uh, like the most, I hated it, you know? Um, anyways, so like fast forward, like, okay. So like, do, 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 like I was like 12, 13. And I just decided, like I told my parents, like, I'm not going to church anymore. I don't care. Like I'm not going, like, it's not going to happen. They're going to ground me. I'm like, Nope, it's not going to happen. Nope. And then like, you know, I had the little cross necklace dude when I was like, you know, young, <laughs> it was like this, you know, I was one of those kids anyways. And so fast forward, like, mm, like 15, I was like, yeah, like, two or three more years later I was in my teenage years and I ordered all these online CDs and I got deicide Legion, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the, the one six, the incinerate him, like it just come out or something. Uh, <laughs> Tomb in the mutilated butchered at birth. Like I got all the CD and I've told the story on the pod before, but they got those delivered. And this is like literally like, like th three or four years after I was going to church and told them no more. And they're just like reading. My dad sat me down. He's like, satan spawned the caca demon you know like <laughs> he's like you know all these things like are you okay like you know and i was just like it's all wow. good dude it's, it's all good hard. bro yeah. so you know Damn. it makes they me they feel break them or anything they didn't break them they no they back let me you? keep them i just because okay, okay. i told him i was like well i'm not like actually like into satan <clears throat> i i just like think it's funny dude like i think it's great <laughs> you know yeah i, I thought it was, I was like art it's like dude like you watch you know like not gonna watch the exorcist and then afterwards i'm like yes i'm like all about possession or something like, it's like, right right it's art dude. and like, you watch it with your dad you're like do you feel like you want to get into exorcisms and shit now dad <laughs> yeah no. it's like, we just had an experience you've been you know? branded yeah it's like i don't know i was like exactly. dude this, this music's great dude so i don't know i just think that's funny like how it's you can like go from such a change so quick and it, but it's it's like a thing it's like a perception thing it's like kind of a i don't know it's I feel like um, people take religion really seriously, you know, of mm -hmm. course. And it's like a thing that's like deep and they get offended and stuff. Cause it's like part of your upbringing and it's like, yeah. you, you hold on to, you know, and, and it's like, they don't understand. Like, I don't take Satan seriously. Like I don't take any yeah. of that. It's like silly, but it's like fucking rad. Like as, as an art form. Yeah. It's like Slayer. I mean, come on, dude. It's like a cool, it's like sick. it's a cool, like yeah. I said with the, the Paul from Cannibal episode, it's like a, it's a horror, it's a, audio horror movie you know it's mm -hmm. like uh it's like exactly. people horror movies fucking exactly, sell dude. millions of fucking copies yeah. you know it's like and yeah. everyone buys them and then they hear death metal and they're like what and it's like what do you right. it's the same thing like what are you yeah. talking about like exactly. yeah so it's pretty kind of yeah, we're, hypocritical we're for a lot of people that's it yeah exactly we're totally hypocritical <laughs> yeah yeah no it's the same as um you know whatever like uh like whatever uh texas chainsaw massacre or whatever Mm -hmm. You got hacked up for barbecue. You got mortician. You got cannibal corpse. It's all you know. It's it's art. Man. I always you know that mortician, even from the beginning, because I I was already keen to a lot of the horror stuff then, and uh, that and and sorry to mortician if you're very serious about your music. I've always just had them as like one of those comical bands that I listened to. Cause it was just always funny to me to read the album names, look at the artwork, read the song names and then hear the songs themselves. And, and I, I just always lumped them into the comic thing. I hope that, it, I, well, when you see those guys, they, they take it pretty seriously. They look so pretty not serious. to offend any mortician fans, but that band is lumped into like the same category as crotch duster for me. Yeah, I mean, um, I haven't really gone down the uh, mortician. Rap. That's a band I kind of always skipped, just because the. I mean, when, in the beginning, I was kind of 
anti not anti but just the drum machine thing i was like when, when it first came out i was like okay well it sounds kind of silly but then i saw bands doing it more often like you know wretch and bands that were coming up in the early 2000s and so wretch is interesting as shit i'm if you listen to mortician yeah. i'd say just go chainsaw dismemberment dude or hacked up for barbecue those two right there you'll pretty much get the gist of the whole thing totally yeah definitely mortified mortified we lost casey <laughs> uh, casey had, all right yeah, yeah. um so um, yeah to get back to you kelly all right we did the whole sure. we got through the religion shit all right we're out of that that those weeds let's uh let's go further from there so uh, the you're still rebellious you're like whatever i'm gonna be listening to this music and you found your way so i want to know when the like more extreme stuff you know like slayer and all that stuff when did that come yeah that's easy that's easy so that also hit in high school probably my senior year so my senior year is when master puppets came out i graduated in 86 so definitely dating myself there but yeah master puppets came out um all the other bands that came before that was leading up to that, you know, all the priests maiden and everything. And I had a friend in high school who his older brother was in college and he came home from college with Slayer and they turned me on to that stuff. And I heard haunting the chapel for the first time, the first time in like probably, I don't know when it came out, I think 85, 86 mm-hmm. when I heard haunting the chapel and immediately after that hell awaits. And I mean, God, guys, that shit really fucking grabbed hold of me, like, you know, something fierce. Um, I'm around that jealous. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm jealous I mean, because I was born in 84, even though I, I respect the shit out of you? that stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I, I, I'm I a, I'm not an old soul necessarily, but I, I, my uncle was the guy who was feeding me all that early stuff okay. very early yeah. in my upbringing, so... I and and you know I was saying with the Motown like the doo-wop and yeah. all that kind of shit like even though I was born in 84 I really um connected with music from before my time and sure. so I forget where I was going with that shit <laughs> what, were we just, uh, what band were we were just talking about we were talking about Slayer, and then we Slayer. Were... yeah Haunting Chapel and stuff like that no, oh, it was something else though. I was going into and oh shit, I lost it. So I just crazy. saw Merciful Fate by the way at PsychoFest. It was fucking okay. amazing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Great. Time. So they I had like that show it was huge. Fuck yeah. If you can imagine what it would have been back, what it would have been like back then to because we're so desensitized now. Everybody's heard every the most extreme bands ever. Mm-hmm. But back then, something like that just plain did not exist. That's what I was going to say. I was just jealous of that feeling right there where it's never been something before that time. Mm, And then it it gets unleashed onto the world. And yeah, like I, I, that I'm just jealous of that because we really don't have that feeling anymore. It's, it's expanded and gotten so folded in on itself that there really isn't anything new anymore, you know? Yeah. It's just variations yeah, no, no, no. of what's already been done. Sure. Yeah, and so, back yeah. then, no one, no one had done stuff like this before, dude. Haunting the Chapel, Hell Awaits, and like I said, I got into Fate around the same time. In fact, I had a, talking about cassettes, I had a 
you remember, well, I don't know if you guys actually remember, but you understand that if you had a 90 minute cassette, you could fit two 40 minute albums on both sides. Right. So I, I had a lot of those, I, you know, I had, I had one, a 90 minute cassette with both of the first Metallica records on it. And I had right. another one that had, um, oh, what was it? It was um, Melissa, Merciful Fate, yeah. and Hella yeah. Waits on the other side. And I'll play side after side, just play it back and forth. It's two records yeah. over and over and over. And my little cassette Walkman, like, you know, yeah. going to little college, whatever. But um, yeah, that's that's where I was at. Yeah. And, and once, I, once I got to that point, I was just all in. I was completely right. all in. At that point, I'm listening to, I go back and listen to Mother Judas Priest. And I was like, yeah, it didn't even, it didn't even like get me off in the same way that when I heard this stuff, like made me, ah, you know, you go mm -hmm. nuts for the music like this feeling so and that's what it was all about it was really feeling it was a rebellion and it was so much power you know this energy right dude it, it makes you you're hearing something that makes you involuntary move involuntarily move it makes you sure. involuntarily feel a certain way um i mean we've all felt the the goosebumps when you hear a riff or a song that is it you can't really translate that into words you know it, but it's a connection that you have with this auditorial piece of art auditorial is that even a word uh, but yeah. it, it's, it's <laughs> yeah, yeah. an art audio type deal that it like goes into your ears Auditory, into your brain it? and then throughout your body making you move and feel a, a, a way that you can't really control you know sure and, and metal is one of those things that's it it did that the most for me and i'm sure everybody else who's a metalhead has the same <laughs> story and it's just really fucking cool that it it can penetrate you uh, i mean here we go beat it out it's like that scene in Beetlejuice where they all start like dancing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly, dude. That's yeah. that scene is a perfect, perfect analogy for what happens when you're at a metal show listening to music that you love. You know, <clears throat> it's gonna just make me wiggle around and like seeing my dome. Like seeing Deicide play the Legion album recently on that tour. We just kept looking at each other, just like, "This is so wow. good, sick." Yeah, dude. yeah. Just all the all the nostalgia, yeah. everything like coming through. It's like fuck. It's like yeah. sometimes you're like you're like, "Yeah, I'm down to go see the show." Like of this band playing this album, and then you see it, and you're like, "Fuck!" Like seeing right. the Sepultura show, like seeing uh, I mean the Max Cavalera and Igor play Beneath the Remains and Arise and shit all the way through. I was like, "Fuck!" Like yeah, you that get in that like, moment, and you realize yeah. this: you mm -hmm. didn't want to be anywhere else at that yeah. moment. This is exactly oh. where you're supposed to be. Nothing better than getting, a band like, just killing it, you know? Yeah, there's people like they were killing it so bad that there was people yeah. getting like let out in stretchers. Like there was probably like wow. six or seven people that were just getting knocked out. Like right Man, in front of wow. us were like it was like the people just like this childhood nostalgia yeah. craziness that they had and like sure. and nate from uh ontogeny was one of those people causing a lot of the havoc he was just <laughs> losing it he was losing his shit it was fucking hilarious shout but, out uh, yeah, yeah it was fucking rad but yeah just seeing that and and i felt it too and i was like i'm i'm too well, old he's creeping wait sorry in. i'm cutting you off because oh yeah, yeah creeper yeah. in there yeah. dude he comes no, out he was Oh no, dude! Nate was going fucking nuts. There he is. Like it's funny. Just, he would come give me a hug and shit, and he'd just be like covered in sweat, just like fuck yeah! It's like so excited, 
and like <laughs> man that was mess. like one of those old school sf like bay area shows it was yeah what right, do you say it signed on to hear my name <laughs> 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 yeah no it's it was uh next level that yeah just well, like you said involuntary it was super involuntary yeah i would love to see that show actually uh that was my buddy daniel uh gonzalez the guitarist from possess who who played that that the tour with those singer Cavalera, yeah. came yeah, the singer of possessed came up like got wheeled up and did a song with them it was fucking. i saw that a lot or at least one of the shows so yeah i think it was the san francisco show yeah is yeah, that where you yeah. saw it okay yeah, yeah. definitely cool it was, it was crazy. freaking awesome it, uh death metal right the song death metal yeah yeah, yeah definitely yeah, it was wow. it was just nostalgia awesome, 101. But anyways, whoa, dude, you saw so, possessed. Yeah. Well, you saw the possessed singer covering de- the song "Death Metal" in San Francisco. That's fucking. What's the possessed singer's name again? What's his name? Jeff Okay, Jeff right. Yeah, Jeff. That's right. He came. He like he rolled up to me because I didn't know it was dark. He rolled up to me and I had like he had long hair and he was he rolled up. He's like, hey, what's up, man? How's it going? I'm like, what's up? I, I knew I he looked familiar, but I was just I was drinking and stuff. And he goes like, hey, what kind of hair gel do you use? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, huh, you don't have, you have long hair. You should have like, been like, semen. <laughs> 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 no, and I told him like the brand. No, he like, slicks it back. Like, he, he d- I think he does. does. He? Yeah. Okay, okay. No, I thought he was like ripping on me. Later no, on, I thought he was no. making fun of me. And I was like, that's no, a that fucking hilarious nice. thing. Though. But uh, he was starting to use a kind of pomade. And he's all, fuck yeah, I'm going to check it out. Yeah. And I looked it up on his phone and shit. And I was like, all right, well. <laughs> long hair that doesn't have any like hair stuff going on well, maybe he was planning on uh styling okay. up like he didn't chop it yeah, just it back dude looks <laughs> good i kind of wish like, he was trolling me yeah i know that'd be even more funny <laughs> i think he's been having some some ice stuff going on he's yeah they yeah. just saw uh, that post recently they can't yeah do some gigs because he's got some right. surgeries that he needs now oh shit life guys it never stops it definitely stops well dude you should dive into the whole like so like with possess i mean pessimist and everything like i mean dude like so how did that all come about like where are we at in the timeline i kind of want to know where death metal came because we got to slayer and all that yeah yeah exactly what was the first death metal band you heard yeah i can i can kind of zip like that up real quick. So basically I went to, um, so this was the end of high school, right? I started getting into Slayer. I was already into Metallica, just whatever heavy stuff I could get into. And I decided I'm going to go to a year of college and I decided I'm going to be a classical guitar major. So I go to the University of Delaware for a full year, two semesters, studying classical guitar because I wanted to be like Randy Rhodes, you know? I thought that was being classical. That's fucking awesome. And at the same time, getting this Slayer, Fate, and these other bands I'm telling you about. And after about a year of that, I remember I was partying with some friends, and they're like, hey, what are you going to do when you grow up? And I'm like, well, you know, I'm going to play in a band. You know, and this uh, it's actually these chicks, they're like, you don't need to go to school for that. I was like, wow, you're right. So <laughs> I dropped out of school and moved to California the first time. Yeah. And this was back in uh, 1989. I moved to L.A., uh, with some friends, a drummer friend of mine and this guitarist friend of mine. And we were going to have a band. And um, at that time, we were all into thrash, like Dark Angel, Possessed, Destruction, Creator, Slayer. I mean, Overkill, everything, Anthrax, whatever you could get your hands on. 
any kind of thrash, but I liked the darker, more extreme, heavier thrash. Like I love Dark Angel. I love Possessed, Creator, Destruction, that kind of stuff, Slayer. And, okay. you know, and it was shortly about around that time when all of a sudden there was earache, earache records and the death metal stuff came out. And I, re I remember like, so I, we had some roadies. I was playing in a thrash band in LA at this time. What was it called? It was called resistance. And, uh, Oh, funny story, true story. Our drummer who actually it was his band is a guy now who's a, uh, jujitsu fighter. He's very famous named Eddie Bravo all around the world. Oh, no shit. All Eddie Bravo, that was my drummer. We were like 19. We Ten, played Ten Planet Jiu-Jitsu, dude. Yeah, that's the guy. Yeah. Yeah. Now he's got books and DVDs and dojos Wait, all around the you, U.S. You're saying he was your drummer? He was my wow. drummer. We were great friends, man. I was over at his house many times. We saw King Diamond together. We would go to shows together. We played shows together. Uh, yeah, cool cat. Wow. You know, back then he had real long hair. And uh, you can look it up online if you go to his YouTube or whatever. Look up Resistance. They got a lot of, you know, <clears throat> old black and white photos and that band had demos out and stuff. But anyway, we had a couple of roadies and these roadies, we had these guys that turned us on to some uh, death metal. And I remember hearing Entombed and uh, Carcass, Symphonies of Cygnus, and that really blew my mind. But some about the music, it just wasn't as, you know, Dark Angel was way more sinister and faster. And that's the stuff I liked, you know? Yeah. So it wasn't right. until I heard Morbid Angel, Altars of Madness, where everything fucking changed. Right. Yep, yep, Altars yep. of Madness was like this bridge from extreme dark, you know, thrash, death thrash that we called it to actual death metal. That's and I what, thought they were the best death metal band ever. That's what Paul from Cannibal was saying too, dude. Like when he was yeah. like a couple yeah, weeks ago. the blast beats and stuff. Like yeah. the blasting and the speed kind of came into, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what Paul said. Yeah. He said what he, when he started blasting in Cannibal, he, it was his, interpretation of what he was hearing pete sandoval do but it was through his own um his own skill. yeah and, his own and, kind of and, and, and kind of you know the bomb blast we call it well we don't we either call it the bomb blast or the cannibal blast and and that that's just a really cool story to hear on the, if you go back <laughs> kelly listen to him talk about it because i did i actually you, saw a part of that. cool yeah and when you hear yeah. pete Pete's style and then his style, it's like, wow, it, this was somebody who was just trying to, you know, do what somebody else was doing and invented a whole new way of doing it, too. Yeah, exactly. I love it. Yeah, love Paul. Love all those guys, man. That's uh, Cannibal Corpse, man. And oh, I did. Yeah. I actually saw some of that clip where he was talking about Pete's style. That, he, that was like his rendition or his version of trying to emulate what Pete was doing and it turned into it came out like his own his own thing his own style right. you know off blast beats you know awesome definitely so yeah, yeah alters was the the <clears throat> gateway into annihilation i, I know <laughs> <laughs> i actually wasn't even trying to do it dude i wasn't trying to i really swear i swear i was going to mute myself I was a like gatekeeper, and then beat me to it. <laughs> I was like, cool. <laughs> well, that's that's a great way in, dude. It was the same thing. Well, yeah. Morbid, Morbid and Cannibal were my two first death metal okay. records that I I purchased, and yeah, it 
once once that stuff clicks with you, dude, you're fucked. You're fucked. You're, dude. Fucked. you're totally you're fucked. fucked. Yeah. In yeah. the greatest way, though, you know. Yeah. yeah. In fact, that was probably next. I heard butchered at birth, and I was hanging with my buddy on the East Coast, and we were actually uh. We actually, I don't know if you guys party. We actually toast on some acid, man, some blotter. And he goes, here, Hell man, yeah. check it out. And you know, he puts on, he puts on Butcher to Birth. And it's like Slayer, but way more extreme, you know, it's because it's so fucking sick, you know, and the, even the solos and the leads and everything. Oh, yeah, dude. You know, I remember the solos like coming out of the speakers, like it's nuts. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, yeah. So, that's, yeah, yeah, once that stuff's got you, man, that's you're off to the races. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Yep. So, and again, I'm going to ask you about friends at that time where they discovered, well, yeah, you said you moved out to LA with these guys, you, you're finding all that stuff together. So yeah, that, so then that's in your head. You're like, I'm going to start playing death metal or did it take a while? For me, it was never about the, what it's called. It was just, I was no matter what looking for the darkest, heaviest, fastest, most extreme, just the most insane kind of music there was. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, in that, in that metal category. So, yeah, you know, in fact, if you trace the lineage from black Sabbath through, uh, you know, well, Led Zeppelin, black Sabbath through Jews, priest, iron maiden, Ozzy, and then into the thrash stuff. And then here comes the death metal. And so for me, it was just a natural progression. I totally. never worried about what it was going to be called. I mean, back then we called everything was thrash, you know, yeah. Um, oh, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, even like say like Merciful Fate, Anthrax, and Creator, or Overkill was all thrash. It was just all the yeah. same stuff, even though it's mm-hmm. very, very different musically. You know. Right. So, right. but it's so um, new. Everything's so, coming on the scene at the same time, and it's so right. new that you guys didn't have the sub genres and all that shit. Yeah. Do you feel like no the genre- yet. Huh. Do you feel like the genre change really kind of happened or like co- coincidentally with Altars of Madness kind of mm-hmm. like that's not thrash anymore? Like, or was there? Yes. Yeah, it did. Yes. Yeah. That was a big step from bands like Dark Angel Possessed and Slayer. And all of a sudden you got blast beats, you know, and Trey's solos were out of this world, you know, and, and David Vince's vocals, he's doing growling. And this was definitely death metal at that point. Yeah. yeah. You know, that was way beyond anything else. That was happening you know that was one question i had for paul right. too that i didn't really um i don't feel i don't i think you might have understood the question but like when did like you know bands go from that kind of deathy kind of like a yellish kind of sound to like the actual growl like when was like the actual like, like you know like the actual growl introduced in like was it morbid angel yeah. Well, I think Terrorizer well, had okay. a lower growl than so who was singing for Terrorizer had more of like a lower. Well, there was the grind the stuff like Napalm Death, like coming from this angle, and then there right. was right? <clears throat> death metal stuff. And Napalm Death's not death metal, right? Or are they? I mean, I don't know. What but at mean. that time, I would think well, that the, the tone oh, yeah. of the growl was actually yeah. lower in those bands like Napalm and Terrorizer. There's early, but it was more way, like, grind, it like, started you know, to get passed off to like the death metal guys are like, we need to do that guttural shit that they're doing over there. Oh, Kelly, yeah. what do you, when did it, yeah, what do you, you think, think Kelly? You, yeah, yeah. Well, Terrorizer was David Vincent. So, uh-huh. oh, right. yeah, that was uh, the dude. Uh, the oh, dude. he used to play bass. Okay. Yeah. I don't know who was singing then. Jesse. Yeah. 
Was that that was Jesse? I think it? so. Yeah, I'm gonna look it up right okay. now. Okay. So I misspoke there, but um, <laughs> no, I got it on my phone. Stylistically, that's, stylistically, I would say for me it was Morbid Angel. It was Alters of Madness when I first heard. Besides, well, all the earache bands kind of dropped around the same time though. So you you had Entombed and you had the Carcass Symphonies of Sickness. Yeah, I mean, there was nothing else like that. No one had ever heard anything like Symphonies of Sickness before when that dropped. Yeah, yeah. There was yeah. there was no other bands like that. Period. You know, with the super low like. Yeah. Back and forth, kind of dueling vocals. So, I mean, for me, that all came around the same time. So, basically, earache that that era. Um, as far as guitar playing, what tied it over for me though was definitely Alters of Madness. Was yeah. definitely Morbid Angel. Yeah, yeah, um, I think that that's actually cited as like they figured out how to death metal first. Yeah. on that album, right? You know? It's like just yeah. like straight up actual death metal, death metal. like yeah. Yeah. straight and, up, and also death Pete metal. just going for it on the drums, like you know, so yeah. fast, just dude. beat yeah. just, and just like just yeah. like. He's always been like that, just like damn Pete, you know. <laughs> I know. But like it's wild know. to think that the like when you listen to World Downfall though, where he was drumming on that as well with Terrorizer, that, that was oh, 86, yeah. 87. Right, true. How true. precise he already was yeah, at Jesus. drumming. It so blows tight. your mind yeah. to think like this guy was doing it while doing it like this while I was two years old, three years old, yeah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> and there was, and there was to look off somebody else like oh oh that's how you do this how, that's how you play that they were actually just the originators you know those guys they created that stuff out of there was no playbook there was no manual of like here's how you do this they were making really, it up there's really one other band that never gets cited in the early blast beat you know emergence which is repulsion which is like well, core course. grind back in the early 80s and mid 80s you listen to that he, he's doing his own version of blasts too i think totally. he, he talks about how his his hi-hat hand was slower you know how we do the you hear the halftime blasts he was doing them like sure. that with his snare and his feet going off but you know having i, the I always hands. thought for me that it was the first blast beat i mean like the actual metal blast beat um, was in SOD on that song Milk. And they did like 84 with it's, uh, it's like a, it's like a crazy blast. It's like Charlie, a, it's like a, it's like a yeah, Charlie just going like it's like an it's just like for a, it's like for probably yeah. 20 seconds. You talk, like, oh, the SOD little little blip of a blast. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's like an actual blast. Like if you listen to it, it's like what 1983, 1984, something like that when that came out. I think like there's that. that one song where like Lars does uh, this blast. <laughs> Lars blast. <laughs> Lars <laughs> well, it, they wouldn't call him a blast beat back then though. Too, it was just like who could do this thrash beat lead, as fast beat, as yeah. they could. The split time we call it a split time now, but it's really just a thrash beat sped up to this this crazy speed. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. Back then, there was, um, there was not even words for things like that that were being developed yet. Like how we were saying, there wasn't really death metal yet or whatever. It was the same for guitars. Like now, what we call sweeps. Back then, we didn't have a word for it. They weren't called arpeggios. We called them rakes, like rakes. rakes? Like, like, yeah, you rake it. Like, like it was a rake. That's oh, what that was called. Shit. Later, we called it sweeps. And somebody goes, "Oh, they're oh. arpeggios," you know? Like, oh, okay. But well, the rakes really are a different word. thing now. 
rakes are a different thing now. Rakes are like the just, <laughs> just like, like a muting kind yeah. of a muting like, like yeah 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a microphone right there, dude. <laughs> well, that's what guitar that's what guitar pro calls it. So we all follow that as our guideline now. It's yeah, like, it's like hey. a little like a little upwards like squiggle thing, right? It's like or right that you guys are kind of making me think of like the when you used to have the it's comb like, in your back pocket and you just run your thumb along yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, it's like a back. Well, it's like the, I always think of that Pink Floyd solo, like you know, like that on the oh, comfortably yeah, numb. Yeah. Totally. Ding, ding, ding. I'm seeing Roger Waters. I'm, I'm seeing Roger Waters tomorrow. I'm yeah. fucking pretty stoked. Oh shit! Tomorrow. Oh really? Shit. Yeah, yeah. Nice. I'm, I'm flying the next day to go see Rammstein. <laughs> oh man, where are they, oh, Rammstein playing? Um, they're playing in L.A. I just want to see that fucking live oh, show. That two great. million dollar a night live show. I'm trying to right, see that. Right. Like, oh. Jesus. I'm seeing, anyway, I'm seeing Maiden on Sunday. Maiden? Is oh, I, I've nice never. Time. That's I need to see Maiden. Where are they coming on? Are they on tour? What's going on with? Yeah, they played LA last night. Fuck yeah, they're uh, on tour. Dude. Yeah. The fuck? Tri- Trivium's the opening band, dude. What the fuck? Yeah. Alex is playing what? Maiden. Shout they were posting, Alex band, dude. They were posting Look at these you, videos, bro. So this is sick. They were they were posting all these videos yesterday. It was like in Anaheim, and it was like at that like indoor. I don't know what it's called. The convention center, I guess. The Anaheim. Mm-hmm. I've never been there, but it's like super sick like there was like it was just packed dude and they're just playing like it's like all these cool videos i was like damn you guys it's pretty dope oh, dude, yeah. this makes Fuck me yeah. feel so good because i mean yeah. just to give the quick little thing on alex ben i toured with him when he was 19 guys and even at that age i knew that this guy was gonna be something and now just here we attitude are attitude and his playing and everything like he has a, such a positive attitude and like oh yeah really easy dude. to work with and yeah yeah no, I, I, I love him to death dude he's a bro for life and um i'm really proud of him for for progressing <laughs> in his career and here we are dude he deserves he, everything oh, yeah. he's opening up for iron maiden this week <laughs> this fucking <laughs> weekend guys like I, I prophesized this shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <it's crazy. laughs> so good for him man yeah cool yeah but yeah man um where were we dude we were at death metal alters of madness dude all right yes yeah. right cali death yeah so i mean i don't know where you want to go from there but that opens the world of death metal and, well, we like, you know. yeah so name some other shit that was happening like <clears throat> or where did you guys start going to shows and seeing these more extreme bands um, well, yeah, so I got some cool stories about that. I actually moved from L.A. I moved back to the East Coast and I moved down to Florida, just south of Tampa, Florida. And this was in 1992. Um, and I was playing a local band called Cauldron with um, one of my buddies from high school, a guy named Matt Barlow. And his older brother, Jim, played guitar. We were in this band called Cauldron. Well, I don't know if the name Matt Barlow rings a bell, but after that band split, he went and joined Iced Earth. So it's okay. my buddy Matt from high school. And we had this band Cauldron in 92 um, around Tampa, Florida. And we would go to shows around there, uh, the Masquerade. Um, that's funny. I'm really feeling like an old timer right now. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah Eat City, Masquerade. And went in 1992 and saw the Tampa Bay Metal Awards. Uh, it's where I met Glenn Benton, saw Deicide play, saw Brutality play, I saw Disincarnate play, Asheron, um, Janet Torches played that year, met tons of people. There was like this this electric kind of energy in the P 
people were, we were forming bands. Like people were finding out about death metal. Like, Oh, you play death metal. Let's do a band. Like, like, and everybody was trying to out heavy the other bands. Like, Oh, those guys are cool, but we can do, we're going to have like obituary parts and make it more, you know, sicker. And like, there was this, this vibe, man. There's a very cool energy going on. Hell yeah. I was seeing another show up there around that same time, which was, uh, it was a tour, uh, cannibal corpse, obituary, malevolent creation, and agnostic front opened the tour. And I remember seeing Brett singing from malevolent and was just like blown away. All these bands were so killer. And I was like, you know, it was like 20. It was, well, let's see what I would have been 23 back then. So those were really amazing times for me too. And uh, it really feels cool to have been there while that shit was happening. Yeah. I mean, Dude, hell yeah. Obituary had this was let's see before World Demise. What was it? Uh the incomplete. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Cannibal had this way before wow or anything like that. So what was it? 92. Uh what Cannibal had. I think they were they just had Butchered at Birth. Be they were getting birth, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, so I mean because the bleeding was ninety-three or I yeah, think it came out the next year the bleeding, exactly. Yeah, yeah, the bleeding and then Legion came out. So I mean, right. I in a way I was just right there, and I remember going to a pawn shop looking for CDs because I got a new CD player. CDs were like a brand new thing, and uh, you know I didn't have money or anything, so I would go at a pawn shop. But I went to a pawn shop and I found um, some used CDs, and the first two CDs I bought was uh, "Blessed Are the Sick," "Morbid Angel," mm-hmm. and uh, "Time Does Not Heal" from Dark Angel. Wow, that's my first CDs. I still have them, and it's only CDs I had, so I play them over and over and over. Yeah, you know, of course, but hell yeah, it was really cool at a pawn shop. What a trip! Yeah, yeah, in Tampa or whatever, you know, Florida. We, I mean, yeah, I've expanded into record stores for us, like Amoeba Records was a uh, or uh, Streetlight Records in Santa Cruz that we'd go there and. I'd still be hitting the bargain bins because you could find some gems in the bargain bins, dude. Oh, yep. Three to five bucks a used CD. Some guy yeah. got over metal, and all of a sudden, right. it's now another man's trash is your treasure, dude. And so, and so many great things that I found in those bargain bins, dude. I'd spend hours in in Amoeba, just flipping through every single CD to just hope that I would find this baphomet record or something like that you know yeah. something that looked yeah. death metal you know it's like it's finding that treasure that you put your time into and and you're not you're not just going right to the metal section and be like oh under d let's go find this you know what i mean d aside it's like yeah. you go into the bargain bin and find like some weird off bar- like band that just the logo looks cool and just fucking like cadaver. Try it. something weird yeah, yeah. Cadaver bands, you know yeah some oh, obscure death band from back in the yeah. day you guys like remember like what it's like to like have a CD in mind that you like want and you like you're trying to find, but you like keep going and it's like oh it's not there. But like man, couple of misses. Yeah, that. my friends got that fucking CD, but like I <laughs> wish I had. You know? Yeah, <laughs> I, remember, I, I had a order Walter uh, one time at a record store. It's so, like maybe a Sam Goody or Tower Records went in like yeah I gotta get this Walter album. It's called War Master. Gotta get yeah. it. I ordered it on cassette. Yeah. Because I couldn't afford anything. Any of the cassette was like six fifty, and that's a lot of dough. And yeah. uh, they, they ordered it. It came in like three weeks later. I had to drive to the store to go get it. You know, damn. Uh, 
Yeah. And that's, yeah. At three weeks, you're thinking about it every single day. <laughs> yeah. 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 These days, I have no idea the, the, the struggle was Falling real back then. Night, like, oh, dude, that bolt You got to order it from Eric. There records it was on so yeah. that's yeah, what made, order, that made it sound so much thicker and when you got it like it was the high like oh, yeah. so much suspense oh, yeah. to get it like you, you couldn't just listen totally. to it you had to yeah, wait for it i mean like joel was saying earlier you can go on spotify and find that album right now yeah within a so second yeah. i could yell to alexa and alexa will just play it right now it's definitely spoiled and i i miss those i miss those adventures that's what they are it's an adventure to go find something or go wait for something it it also created that that friend who could just like he like had this insane collection. He's like, "All right, dude, I'm gonna show you some shit." And you're like, "Oh, yep. fuck yeah, man!" Like, pull out all these CDs or vinyls or whatever, and you know. But now it's just like, "Oh yeah, dude, I I can I already found that. Like, it's on my <laughs> yeah." It was a competition back. I mean, you know, it was like back yeah. in the day, it was a competition. Oh, like, who had the sickest new stuff? Like, yeah. And then you know, trying to show the person that has the sickest new stuff, like trying to show them something they haven't heard. They're like, I don't know. I don't really like it very much. <laughs> like, it was like, it was like an internal competition with each other. Let's go. Right. Like, no, I got to find the sickest thing. Nate you know? just made me laugh again. So hard in my mind, because when you would go to Amoeba and you go to the metal section, there's, you know, the one, two or three employees that work there that actually know metal. And they would yeah. have little sections of like their picks, dude. And Brandon's picks, I totally remember that, dude. But what was hilarious is the next one. Pull up the next one. Oh, Steve shit. liked black metal that was recorded with a potato, dude. Recorded with a potato, dude. Nate coming in. Nate coming in hot. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, I love it, dude. And I love some of that potato black metal too, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah no that's that's a thing too it's like you know there's the people kind of like people um, i want to feel like they kind of like wanted to be super different so they kind of went to like this avant-garde shitty sound like to be like a fuck that refined riff like i want to record it in a potato you know or like <laughs> you're with a you know what i mean i want to potatoes bad word, but just like like using a trash can with a cassette player on record and i want to hear that like that that fucking what that real raw fucking black metal with no bass mm -hmm. and just only like and like and it kind of went backwards for a lot of these like you know people being elitist and wanting to find and be that guy to find that's all the another music. rebel style of mentality that's all it really is yeah yeah you know and and sure. they did you know with black metal that did start a whole new thing new subgenre of metal Kind of mm -hmm. trying to start the same thing that um, Kelly was talking about in the beginning of, of Black Sabbath. They're trying to like <clears throat> intrigue and scare people, you know, like with a different sound, like make it sound mm -hmm. like evil and like shitty. <laughs> because I mean, as a musician, like hearing the recordings, like, oh, what are you guys trying to do here? But uh, it but it did jarred me, you know. I was like hearing it going like, whoa, what the fuck's going on? Like it kind of definitely made me perk up a little bit. Like, what the? I don't get it. Like, why don't I get it? You know, like, um, going from that to, you know, from death metal, it's all like, doo -doo 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 -doo, like all these like crazy riffs. It's like, <laughs> it's like, well, black metal like, came to me in the whole rebellious thing against Christianity. I'm not trying to bring it back to religion, but I did study Satanism 
for a little bit and <laughs> called myself a Satanist for a little bit. And you just naturally find the black metal in that. Anthony's <laughs> <laughs> such a Satanist. Look Nate, the, this, 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 this is what metal right sound now. like if all the mics were covered by my ass. That's exactly <laughs> it, dude. After you ate a bunch of potatoes, dude. Oh, my God. A bunch Nate's of in and out fries. Fried. Bunch of in and out fry farts, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. So, yeah, so back to possess or pessimist. <laughs> no, no, actually, I want to get to <laughs> okay. So yeah, so Kelly, you were coming yeah. across all this death metal and all this shit. Yeah. I want to yeah. know about the first yeah. incarnation of a death metal band you were in. Okay, so the, all right, so right then, like as I mentioned, I was playing in a band called Cauldron down in Florida. I moved from there back to Baltimore, and it was very shortly after that, around 92, where I got back in touch with some high school friends of mine on the East Coast, a drummer, and he knew a bass player guy. And we got together and started playing covers. And, you know, a few weeks into that, I go, here's some originals guys I've been working on. And I go, I want to call this Pessimist. This is a name I'd had since um, 1989 um, out in uh, California. The first time I was out here before I moved, I had the the name and I drew the pessimist logo and I had song titles and I'd even done like a like a like a really shitty demo tape with a live drummer and then overdubbed the guitars on a boombox that I had and just I still have the tape and I mean it's like hold on here like I mean oh, seriously yeah. like, literally this is the the, the cassette yeah yeah. Ah, yeah the songs on there and everything and oh, you know. Like um, really cool stuff there so i mean uh it's not worth releasing or hearing or anything but what what year did you record that like 89 90 way dude that's yeah yeah and i mean capsule dude yeah dude totally and we didn't really know what to do with it back then because it wasn't like now like here's the formula to how to make it in a band like Mm -hmm. to me our idea was like well use a tape to get gigs in clubs and then you're going to play clubs enough to where you get a following. And then when you get enough people coming out to see you, right. a record label exec is going to magically show up one day and give you a record deal. That's how that's how we thought it worked. You're just going to write songs, play shows, and just be metal as fuck. And one day you're going to get discovered. And I mean, I mean, of course, it doesn't really work. Like Everything was pay play back then. But um, <clears throat> anyway, so I had this tape. You know, I did the Florida thing and I moved back up north to um, Baltimore, or actually Delaware, which is where I was from. And um, and I go, hey, guys, we're, we're going to call this Pessimist. And we started playing out immediately. We went and played um, opening uh, like an open mic night at this little like, <laughs> little redneck club out in Seaford, Delaware, you know, with 10 people in this little farming, you know, hunters and farmers and um so maybe a few weeks later, we answered an ad in a paper from, uh, I think it was called Music Monthly from out of Baltimore. And there was a singer and a guitar player. They had split from their band. That turned out to be Rob Klein and Tony Mallory. And they were in like King Diamond and a bunch of, the singer sang kind of high stuff, but he wanted to do more, you know, lower growly vocals. But again, it was the very beginning of stuff. It wasn't like anyone knows how to sing like that. You have to like... Mm-hmm learn like figure out how to do it right you know what i mean we hooked up with them and all of a sudden like now we got a full lineup so that was the first complete pessimist lineup was in 1993 
And our singer had a van so we could play shows. And he had a, rec- uh, a basement where we could practice at his parents' house. Nice. And I ended up living there for like a whole summer. And we just lived there and we made demos and we'd like run cassette copies of the demo. And I was working in a record store. So we'd make flyers for the shows we were playing. We played everywhere. Little shitty clubs, Tuesday night for 10 bucks. We did not give a fuck. We played everywhere. Any show, we could play a show and we did it. And shout out shout out to parents that allow uh right. you know rehearsals to happen at their house because one it saves Bro. your kid a ton of money because your kid one doesn't have any of it to thanks, get a mom. thanks studio. dad that's what i'm saying and to put yeah. up with whatever's going to happen in that rehearsal you know you're hearing it your whole house rumble the whole time that people are Bro. playing metal in it you know and it was loud it's it's kudos to those parents that that know that they're well, giving the outlet. It sucks. To I mean, it sucks for them. It sucks for them. Like like auditorily, but they know it that it's yeah yeah. And they're still putting up with it and wanting any, your art to grow. You know, it's fucking any parents like, that allow their kids to play drums are pretty cool, dude. Hell yeah, <laughs> they're dude. fucking legends. That <laughs> no. just shows yeah. that their their <laughs> kids being able to let their kids express yeah. themselves is more important than their comfort. I mean, nowadays it's like you know you have you have the electric drums, which are a lot more affordable than obviously they were yeah. back in like the '90s. And but like if like back then it's like acoustic drums, you know, yeah. neighbors are gonna be like, "What's going on over there?" Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, it's gonna be mm-hmm. like a thing. They're gonna have to deal with a bunch yeah. of a bunch of issues. They're going they're jumping through hoops for you to fucking like uh, keep you know progressing in your art. Like that's huge, you know. So yeah. Kelly, when you say we, are you talking about the same guys you were in LA with? Did they move out to the East Coast with you and then back up? Or did you find yeah, the guys no. when you got it back? Okay. Yeah, no, it's a yeah, no, at this point it's a whole new different group of friends. So you got back up to Delaware and found dudes that were were skilled like that I went to play. To, guys I went to high school with. So I knew yeah. I knew a guy, remember I was in marching band playing saxophone and my friend uh, Robert Westbrook uh, play drums in the marching band. I hit him up. Hey, what are you doing? Let's get together, play some riffs. I mean, and we were doing covers from like Sepultura, Obituary, Black Sabbath, just kind of whatever was, you know, fun to play and not too hard to play. Yeah. You know. So, yeah, right. just kind of- sick, man. So, you're starting to yeah. gig around Delaware and moved, moved to Baltimore after that. Moved okay. to Baltimore and uh, talking about the guy's parents, Rob, our singer, his, it was his house, his, his parents' house. And his mom was super cool. We called her Pessim Mom. You know, she was pessimist. Like pessimist <laughs> and I'm going yeah. in the basement and stuff and she'd like, you know, make us food and stuff. And uh, she would actually drive us on these two hour road trips to go play these shows in the band, like so that we could go and just yeah. party, you know, party our asses off and get all crazy and whatever, drinking and stuff. And, uh, you know, she would, take photos of the band and drive us back home, make sure we all got back home safe. And so Pessimom, Rob's mom, that was, that was very Shout cool. Out. Very cool. Show her, you should show her some dream Check it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, big shout to Pessimom in the early days. And she's on our thanks list and stuff like that too. So oh, that's so cool. Can man. I ask you the question about the, the name Pessimist? Because uh, Pessimist, yeah. you know, being a pessimist because kind of being a pe- like being kind of like, uh, yeah. like falling Negative. back from things. And it's it's also like a brutal like a brutal metal band name like where did you come up with that yeah. name and how did you think it worked in the, the mix uh, pretty easy um sure thanks it's, and it's a great question um i came up with that in uh la in 89 like i said and i had asked 
someone, it was actually my other drummer, uh, his mom, and I go, hey, what's um, what's a word for somebody who's just obsessed with everything that's dark? Because I was just into dark and evil and heavy and stuff. And I go, what's somebody who's like that? And she goes, a pessimist. And I go, that's a great fucking name. Oh, okay. I went and wrote it down. I actually got the right. tattoo now, pessimist. And I made Fuck the yeah. star, nine-pointed okay. star with it. And there's a letter on each. I don't know if you can let me do this. P-E-S-S-I-M-I goes all around. And it's oh, a whole concept. Thanks. It's a whole concept. Uh, I made the letters go counterclockwise because it's a uh, negative. Mm. And, uh, and uh, there's nine points, but five of them point down because it's oh, negative yeah. and only four pointing up. So like a pentagram kind of thing, but that same yeah. principle. And uh, the eye in the middle is that that's how you see the world through that. So there's all this whole concept around. Right. I love that, yeah. dude. Look yeah. That. Thank you. Thanks, man. That's super cool. Truly, super cool I, down to the Very point cool. where it even goes counterclockwise. I'm like, oh, you thought of every angle of this. Yeah, everything, dude. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You've had, what, since 89 to think about all this. So. 1989. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then kind of, uh, yeah, so we had the first full lineup in like 93. And like I said, we just started recording demos, writing songs, playing everywhere we could around Baltimore, Virginia, D.C., trying to get out of state, trying, you know, Printing our own T-shirts in the in the basement, like we had our, our own like uh, what do you call that? A silk press. screen silk thing. Screen. With, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, Rob and his mom showed us how to make. We knew how to make that. You put a shirt on there with the ink and make the, the T-shirts hanging all around the basement so they could dry. And like we did everything ourselves, man. Made our own cassettes with like copy, you know, photocopy down at uh, Xerox copy at Kinko's the the little J cards and cut them out and made everything dude, ourselves she really was yeah. a mom like, dude she was with you guys on all aspects wow. of that, dude. so cool yeah yeah it was a big deal you know and that was kind of the only way to do things back then it's not like now yeah. where you can just get you know get your own whatever made guitar picks and everything you know right right sure right and, and it makes you it makes the the gratuitous aspect of of it really come to yeah full fruition because of all the work that you're putting into it and, and the passion that's going into the work. It's just all this layered thing that happens when you finally have this final product, then you take it out and go do gigs and here's my shit. And then you get the feeling of handing off your stuff to people and you're like, I hope this person now it's out there and, and exactly, hopefully bro. like, yeah, dude. I love exactly. that. Yeah. Like it comes from your heart. You put your, your blood and sweat into into making this you know this creative project this flow you know although although we're although we're younger dude i still got that and i know that casey got that at one point too like with my first band my first death metal band carnivorous we made 300 copies of our demo we recorded it all ourselves in our rehearsal studio printed every single cd did the whole deal 300 copies then it went out with severed savior on a cannibal tour and that's kind of what helps carnivorous become like a little thing is because our drummer we shared with severed before i was actually in the band and but that feeling of i did it dude we we got the 300 made before the tour came out before the tour oh, came yeah. then they went out there and it was just given away free with every purchase on at their merch table and i'm sure. like dude the feeling of like then you get the the 
the response back and and you're like yes this is all we wanted to do we just wanted to put it out into the world and have the world talk back to us about it you know yeah remember remember, you remember sending like physical packages to labels Mm -hmm. so like you'd promo package you like put your demos and your stuff and you'd send it to them and then it's like oh they got like piles of like and I remember like people saying back in the day, oh, you got to put like in an envelope that's like a crazy color so it stands out about the piles of like, <laughs> yeah. you know, or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like that, that remember, remember yeah, Airheads? Just... It was Brendan yeah. Fraser, like Airheads. Okay. Like he's all he's breaking, right. in, he's all breaking into the fucking the Capitol Records yeah. or something. He's like, just like, twice. <laughs> let, me talk, let me just talk to a fucking executive, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. yeah, yeah. Like back then, that's how they had, yeah. there was no other way. It's like, who's going to listen to you? You're playing all these shows. Like, right. you have to get it in that right. guy's hands. The main guy that's like in charge of the a and r guy you have to yeah yep so that's like that's the the whole point back then was to get it to him but yeah like nowadays it's like oh it's just email a fucking pdf yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. email your like private band camp tracks to well now it's like like unlisted tracks to whatever you know they're a business so they're looking at you know how many fucking followers how many fucking you know plays on youtube or something they're looking for like specific metrics now. You know, back in the day, it used to just be like they used to. And I remember Frank Zappa actually being interviewed recently, or not recently. Jesus, <laughs> definitely not recently. <laughs> I was watching it recently, but uh, but it was talking about. He was talking about like I remember when like labels used to take chances on different styles of music. They would like they would hear something new and be like, "Let's fucking try this," you know. And then then it turned into what he said, like all these kind of like hipster people that like. I know what's best and I know we'll make money. And then it became like more just kind of like more focused on like, this is catchy. Let's do this. Uh, yeah. It's not like, let's not take a chance on a new style of music because that's not a good investment, you know? And he was talking, there's a big interview on YouTube about it of him like talking about when music shifted from like the more creative side of people like were into like making a fucking or an investment in like a crazy new thing that just sounds wacky as fuck and no one's heard it before to like mm-hmm. what's going to pay out Products. for the yeah. it's like now we need to make the uppers happy so what's going to be like the catchy thing you know or like, be the you know? mass mass produced product yeah yeah and that's like when that's what he said um when music shifted kind of like from the creative to like more pop like just selling kind of business model you know which mm-hmm. I think that's a lot Sorry, the uh, off, bro. The, uh, I think that has a lot to do with the label. If you're signing to a, a big, huge label who's only solely focused on, like you said, pleasing the higher ups or just only numbers, that's what you're going to get. Or if you go with a more underground label who's more concerned with just the music, then doing you know, it for the love, doing it for oh, the no, love, no. not not for not for the bottom line. Yeah, definitely. You're for, right. passion, for passion. What is it? Passion, not for fashion. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. Kind of thing, so. Phrase. I mean, we have we sent our tapes everywhere, dude. I still have a uh, rejection letter from Metal Blade Records, which is it's kind of cool. Not everybody has one of those, but uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I would have framed it. They sent it. I still have it signed by Marco Barbieri, who was A and R Metal Blade at the time. He went on to become a uh, president for um, O Century Media for many years, and has uh, their own his own label uh, now, M Theory Music, but. um and, and Marco, who used to run uh, uh, Illiterature magazine, and before that it was called No Glam Fags back in the day. So you guys probably have to look that up. I mean, it's really old <laughs> stuff, but 
You heard of Ill Literature Magazine, right? Or maybe that was no, actually, I haven't. So did you know? Anyway, uh, Marco was A and R for Metal Blade, and I, I still have the the letter. It's you know, it's typed out, but his actual signature. And you know, uh-huh. thanks a lot, guys. We love what you have here. We're just we'd love to hear more later on. Please keep in touch. Just nothing at this time. Like, and we got it. We were like so excited. I mean, it was a big deal to even get a response from a label yeah, back then. Like so, you know. I mean, that's, that's also to keep they, they can keep the uh, the link open too. Like you know, if, if yeah. they're sending you a letter, then that means like if yeah. something comes up, then they can still reach out to you, and they're like still they're still sure. interested in a way, but like but you yeah. have to do more, and they'll yeah. Like, they'll like maybe... for example, like I sent a demo to Metal Blade in like two thousand four, two thousand three, yeah. and you know this, and then. Yeah, I never got letter D, you know, but it's all good. <laughs> you know? But I'm just saying, it's an honor. The letter is an honor, you know. It, it really is. Somebody just posted in the chat. They have a, they have a rejection. Oh, email. Oh, Nate does. Oh shit. Oh yeah. wow, up, nice. Dude. There you go. Nate, you gotta, that's a good no. thing. Send it to us, Nate. We'll, we'll put it, it on our us. we'll put it on our story. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which I think awesome. that ontogeny deserves all the love, dude. I'm gonna shout. Yeah. I, I, I was repping the hoodie last week, dude. That that band, dude. Nate, you know I I'm like one of your biggest fans, dude. So I'm I'm uh, all I'm saying is go check out Ontogeny, dude. And Anomalous, dude. Well, Kelly's Max. talking about Max, very uh, very. Max true is actually to streaming right now too, so you guys can duel it right now. Well, no, Kelly, Kelly like we're talking about going from you know we were I mean odious unique leader with decrepit and stuff, and then um oh. and then when I was in decrepit they went to nuclear blast and all of a sudden we're on this nuclear, you know, nuclear blast and okay, right. like have, you know, we have like people to call if anything goes wrong. We have like, it's like, they're very, they're very professional, but they definitely have, um, you know, it's a different vibe to them. Even though nuclear blast is very cool. they never said anything was like, Oh, I don't like the song or it should be redone differently or something like that. But they were still, <laughs> It was just a different kind of like, oh shit, we can't like fuck up now. You know, it's like we were all like rather with the unique leader, it's like we can just be lax, do what we want, make our own decisions, um, not worry about like any kind of reaction. Uh, but we'd like have to call like managers would call us going, like, Oh, this is going on. Well, like it's like it was just more to deal with, but bigger tours, like huge tours, which was cool. But um but nowadays I think I don't know I mean, if you have like the band camps and all these things, like and you're there's bands <clears throat> coming out that are being very successful just saying fuck them i just need a fucking people to believe in us and a, and a booking agent and mm-hmm. we're in like we're gonna play with all those bands because we're on the same roster as all the bands yeah. on the metal blades and all that stuff we're gonna tour with them so it's like yeah. there's not really a need if there's not really much like we were talking about earlier like physical media that needs to be pushed out it's just gonna be like streaming um, yeah yeah it's this labels are kind of like at a they have to figure something out pretty soon because people are gonna start you know, whatever just is <clears throat> hits on Spotify and and um, Instagram and all these like social media things is it's already sell. a thing, really. They're already is, battling DIY and independent music now because it, it really has changed the 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 environment is now something that's totally different than it was. This is a good question right here, actually, Kelly, for you. So, oh, was Longstreet the drummer when you were in Angel Corpse? Uh no. No, it was a uh, it was a different drummer. Um, oh, jeez, I'd have to. Can I get back to you on that? It was yeah, a different yeah, drummer. Yeah, for sure. It was a long time though. Was but, it? Um, was it Reno? 
No, no, I'm trying. Oh God, I can't think of the guy's name because oh, Paul Collier. Paul Collier. Paul Collier from uh, up in the Midwest there, Michigan or somewhere up there. Nice. Uh, if you look at him up, I'm sure you can find him. Oh yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah. All right. So back to the more beginnings of pessimist and pessimom helping you guys out. Like yeah. I love all that. So yeah. you pressed up all or you made all the was it tapes or CDs that you guys made in the beginning? Yeah, tapes, these CDs weren't even out yet. I mean, this was in '93. Yeah. So well, I mean, I guess there were CDs, but not for not for us yet. So yeah, we're and still doing that. So, and just then, up and, and down the coast or were you, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, DC, Virginia, Maryland, Delaware, trying to get up to PA. And basically around 97, we go and 96, we go and we had enough songs for a full length. And we go, well, we're going to do what we always did. We're going to record a demo, but it's going to be a full length demo. Um, so we did, a, we recorded 10 songs in a fucking studio. And we started sending this out as a pre production a full length album. And that's where Lost Disciples stepped in. So we're literally at practice one day in the basement and, you know, Pessimom shouts down the stairs. Hey guys, there's a, there's a record label on the, on the phone for you guys, you know, oh, she must've oh, been so wow. excited we're all, too. We're all like, we're all covered around the phone. The guy's going, yeah, you guys are the, you guys sound awesome. I'd love to sign you. Like, we're like, wow, you know, it was a big deal back then, you know, little oh, tiny label. And, uh, but uh, yeah, he sent us the contract and the record was already recorded. So all we had to do was sign everything away and they printed it for us. They pressed it for us. And uh, and then immediately, boom, we're getting radio airplay. We're in the CMJ College Music Journal, top 30 in nationwide, you know, hitting the top 10 on regional local radio stations, getting in magazines, ads, doing interviews, getting reviews for the CD, getting show opportunities. Now we start playing bigger festivals. Like we play the, our first big fest is Milwaukee Metal Fest in 1998. Oh, yeah, yeah. King Diamond one? Yeah, King Diamond, Merciful Fate played that year. It was awesome. Death played. Um, Suffocation played. It was the last year they played that year before they took a break. Despise the Sun era. So it was amazing. Do you remember uh, Cole Ross being on drums with them? Or was it Tally? Oh, with Suffo? Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember. I think it might have been Tally. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that's fucking rad, dude. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it just went from like one minute we're a demo band to boom, all of a sudden we were signed. And this is before like Nile wasn't even out yet. Mm -hmm. Like I have one of the original Nile demo tapes where their drummer, Pete Amora, I don't know if you know that guy, like nailed me here, check out our tape. Yeah. Uh, we're just like, wow. We, you know, we ended up playing some shows together with those guys. But they, you know, just to give you a, a time reference, so like totally. things were way different yeah. then. You know, yeah. Dying Fetus was a local band. Dying Fetus was was oh, from yeah. Maryland. Maryland, from, right? I was gonna say, right? Yeah. We played shows sure. with those guys before. All they had out was demos that bathing in trail tapes. They weren't signed to Relapse yet. We were all just yeah. local bands. So that's cool, super exciting, yeah. dude. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's making me excited just hearing you talk about it right now. Yeah, sure, man. And it's neat to see he, um, fans around. Yeah, Hamora. Hamora he's a really fucking cool guy too. I've talked to him a bunch, like online. He's he's a really nice. I never sure. met him in person, but super nice okay. guy. Yeah, 
but yeah, we uh, we love the dying fetus guys too, man. We we've done some shows with them, and we you know we we know those. I mean, dude, they're so tours too. Anybody anybody uh, yeah. want to help us be able to get a hold of those yeah. guys? We'd love to talk to. I mean, them. no, yeah. they don't have social media. We're trying to get a hold of them. Mm-hmm. We, 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 we love, love them. That's what I'm saying, if you're a listener and you know how we can get a hold of them, please. Uh, yeah, who's got Trey's number? Podcast social media. I I got Trey's number actually, but I don't give it out. And if someone in the chat says they know uh, Paul Collier was from uh, St. Louis, Sick Drummer Magazine. There oh, it is. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. St. Louis. <clears throat> there okay. you go. Yeah, shout out Sick Drummer awesome. Magazine, dude. Okay, Fetus and Misery and X Jam Rooms. Yeah, we used to play at the same studio, Orion Studios, up in Baltimore with nice. all them cats, all them guys, man. So, Sick. and it's cool, it's exciting to see your friends when the bands are getting heavier and they're getting noticed, they're getting picked up, they're getting signed, or they get magazines, and you're like, fuck yeah, bro. You know, you're happy for them. You know, it was a very supportive kind of scene, you know. Mm-hmm. We'd have you know, the new Metal Maniacs comes out like, oh, did you see so-and-so on the cover of the down at the 7-Eleven? They got the new Metal Maniacs magazine. And, you know, one time, a couple times we were in there and people would tell us. And it was this cool kind of like this camaraderie, this kind of fucking scene coming up, man. Pretty neat. Yeah, dude. I mean, that's yeah. kind of like how communities happen in these underground scenes, you know, like having a, a, a specific venue that everybody goes to shows all the time. Like you go in, uh, for us, it was the pound. You go into the pound. Yeah, dude. Fuck yeah. The fetus is playing whatever. And, and to have that, that community, it, it kind of, I mean, everybody likes to be a part of something bigger than themselves, you know? And yeah. when, when you're, into something underground then you find a bigger version of this thing that you're like i thought i was the only one because i even though i was in a bigger town than a, or i shouldn't i i'm still a small town there's only like forty thousand. i don't know probably smaller for you but um still only a couple guys at my high school that were into metal you know the real extreme metal and to have a, a, a place that you could call uh, a, a home for the weekend where you know that there's going to be other a sanctuary where you're going to have other people that are like-minded. Is and, that because you went to high school in Hawaii? Oh, aloha. I wish I went to high school in Hawaii. If I went to high school in Hawaii, dude, we wouldn't be doing this podcast right now because I would be listening to reggae. I'd still be wearing flip-flops, though. Just board shorts. <laughs> That's one to yeah, yeah. clarify. <laughs> no, I know what you're saying. I mean, um, when we had the Paul Ryan episode, because, you know, Paul's like our close friend. We were talking because um, we know him as a San Francisco guy or we go to the, the San Francisco shows. And that's that's Paul Ryan's origin. And obviously in Kansas City or okay. uh, Missouri too, or Topeka or whatever. But like yeah. um, he recommended this um, documentary to watch, which is based, it's called The Outhouse. And it's about this venue. I don't know if you've ever got to play it, by the way, because it's like this old venue back in. It's somewhere in the middle of like the cornfields of Kansas. And you had to drive literally um, an hour of just nothing to get there. And there was when you got there, there was no security. There was no it was all self-regulated. There was no it's called the outhouse. There's no place to piss except outside. There's no place to shit except outside. It's like. There's no bathroom facilities. It's all self-regulated. So it's like if someone was running amok, then the the crowd and the people there and the fans there had to take hold of it and yeah, handle yeah. it. And uh, yeah, it was so sick, dude. I know. 
sick Anthony. But uh, no, it was like watched the documentary on that, and I was like, what? Like all the big bands played there, like all the big death metal bands. I'm sure like Cannibal, Dying Fetus, but like bands like you know that were coming out back then, like uh, just off the top of my head, like Green Day, Melvins, all these other bands. Like uh, you know, there's like early fucking bands played there. It's this yeah. little fucking shit shack in the middle of fucking nowhere. Like, and wow. the community that I saw from that, I was like, whoa, okay, well, that's a little bit more uh, deeper than the pound because, like, you're just in you're you're in the middle of nowhere. So if you break a leg, if you get cut or something, like, there's gonna you gotta wait forty five to an hour for any kind of like help oh, to come. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're you're stuck out there. So, uh, yeah, check that documentary out. It actually kind of. I thought like with the pound in San Francisco that we had like a big community there, but I was like, once you're in like a place with no, because the pound was run by Hell's Angels and shit, so it was like, if you yeah. fucked up there, you were gonna get like cracked and thrown in the fucking bushes. Like that's how it worked. Like you know, just instant regulation. Like get the, this guy's pissing off the van, he's out. Like we'll take care of him. You know what I mean? Like that's how the pound was. This place is like, well, he's just hammered. We'll let him ride and do his thing and um until like he makes a real big mistake and then <laughs> he's out but yeah no it's those kind of fucking um communities um make me look at my face <laughs> all right oh. those guys you you're so um you're so um ingrained it's so it that's gonna be such a tight-knit community these are gonna be people yeah. who believe believe in death metal believe in putting the shows on and and believe in people not get, you know, if they wise up and they get their ass cracked, you know, to kick them out or they get their head split or whatever. That's a whole different, right? You got to handle okay. it. That's your, your own security. So that's yeah. going to be a tight community. That's going to be a real extreme kind of situation, you know, I would say. But I yeah. think that most people in, in those communities are just really just looking out for each other. So the bad apples are really going to get weeded out quick. The guys who are yeah really trying like to fuck rules. people up and all that kind of stuff like you're gonna stand out because we're actually just there to have fun and get some aggression out you know it's a There's it's a, a therapy without them it's a therapy without talking to another person about your bullshit you know you're just physically oh, yeah. and mentally getting it out you know yeah. and there's i like the community code of conduct too it's like a code of conduct with your community sure. it's not like someone like someone that's being like an ultra like regulator it's like no no no. he's violated this so he cannot come in anymore it's not like a security guard going like no he bumped into someone kind of weird so he's out you know what i mean it's like it's like being reasonable under the standards of like that moral fabric that they've created in that like with no security it's it's all self-regulated so yeah anyways not when dudes get when, when dudes get knocked down in the pit i always mad respect to the people who pick them right back up like if i had a mad amount of money i'd beeline to that dude like let's go to the bar right now you need a beer for what you just did for that person that went down like that's the mentality that we should have at every metal show like yeah we're getting a little aggressive we're gonna bump into each other harder than you may want but if somebody goes down you pick that person up next even if you, you know you didn't do it get that person back up off the ground because we're not really here to get hurt. We're here to just get a little of aggression out and have fun, dude. That's really what yeah, cover, me for a all about. cover me real fast. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. We'll just continue that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so dude, sick, drum, dude, sick drummer and Nate have been coming through with the fucking with the, the heat shit, in the dude. chat. No, oh, yeah, it's some funny shit. 
dude, Pessimom. Pessimom is great, dude. That's really always, great. So I feel like I in a lot it, of dude. like these band communities and these bands, like there is like that kind of mom figure that kind of there is always one, yeah, you know, dude. that's like you know, in San Diego, remember the girl that uh was uh brick by brick? Uh fuck, I forget her name, god damn it. But she was like that for that community there. Where the oh, yeah, house no, where uh you know yeah, where deeds yeah, fell yeah. off for right. oh shit up the brow the balcony situation. Yeah, it's like Oh, there's always kind of like i noticed with these kind of bands like these death metal bands like when you go and you make friends with them and stuff there's like a there's like a mom figure somewhere in there you know what i mean yeah so what's, yeah already has more mom more to mom <laughs> Do we, if you didn't have an already just more to mom but we have all had have uh, you seen that shit the the, the shit that carrie bought we could the shirt yeah the baby shirt like oh yeah, is more, yeah, yeah. yeah. what is it what the, is it the, oh that's like Spawn of something. Conception. Spawn of yeah. Conception. Well, it's, boredom one was like something boredom. Ob, obvious boredom. Obvious boredom. It's boredom. like a little like baby. A it's for, yeah, they're little they have, like onesies for the babies. What's their Instagram? It's like the metal food, metal dads or something. something like that. Metal dads collect. I think something like that. And I've told him uh, oh, like a, four or five months ago I wanted to share. You're part of that, there. Anthony, because you're a dad. I'm, I'm I didn't like, know they made merch like that, though. I know. No, he... Fuck, I've... I thought literally said I was going to mention made. on the podcast. No, I literally told him like he messaged me a while ago, and I was like, "Fuck, I need to share that on the podcast," and I have forgotten. But um, we will get that. Oh, yeah. actually part okay. of that group. I'm look, I'm going to follow even though I'm not a dad. It's a metal dad, dad. collective oh, collective. Just metal like dad. Instagram that. Yeah, I got it. It's great. Oh, that collective. Oh, no. yeah. I think it's that. Yeah, that, uh, shout out Derek. I think Derek's the guy who is. Or is that the wrong one? Derek McCubbin. Derek yeah, I'll, McCubbin. I'll, I'll definitely. Uh, um, I'll get that shit lined up for the next episode just to show it. Metal, oh, metal you know, dad merch. That's all. Good. We'll, we'll get we'll get it set up for next time because I want to like actually take pictures of it and get it like. Oh no no sorry here it is uh, metal dad merch. <laughs> oh metal dad merch. Oh sorry. Can't so wait, is that not the no, same? Dude. Uh, but no, just it's the oh, yeah, it's, yeah, Instagram metal dad merch. is Metal Dad merch. That's but is it co- is it connected to Metal Dad Collective? That's like oh, dude, this thing. is fucking pretty funny. So he has a bunch of them. Though. Let's just I know let's share screen. Quick. I want to see some. Yeah, 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 we'll see it. We'll see it. I almost really hit stop cute, camp. Dude, it's pretty that's fucking hilarious. I know. I know. Yeah, let's see. This is pretty window. rad, dude. dude that one with that. the background is so funny. Dude. Uh, let's see. It's okay. He's got. <laughs> Okay, at least, I remember I saw a Nip Destroyer right here. <laughs> <Instead of Pink laughs> Destroyer. <laughs> this is the one I was talking about. The, Dude. This is, oh this my is the god! The obvious boredom. The kids oh my bored. god, yeah. dude, this fucking rules, bro. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Nip Destroyer is the best. You What's gotta. Thriving Whoa, fetus. <laughs> thriving, thriving fetus, dude. Yes, dude. Dude. This is really oh my good. god! Yeah, I know he randomly just like I just wow. saw it like on some scrolling through Wait, thing. I was like, so shit, it's am a, I right? Cottage Derek? cheese. Cottage <laughs> 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 oh my god! Great. Holy shit! Oh, that's good. that's that's rad, dude. Yeah, so I think it's these, Derek. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I'm getting the name wrong. Yeah, but it's it's Derek. Derek no, he's dude. he's he's cool, man. Hey, I, I I went with him I to see. He's a listener of the show too, dude. I went to uh, does he picked me up and we went to the Zenith Passage uh, Passage 
show in San Diego with. Oh, a, so you're a like physical board. homies with this guy. Um, you're, you're physical. I am physically a homie. With <laughs> I'm him. only yeah. virtual homie. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, oh, shout out Derek man. for fucking that. That shit's super funny, dude. Nip Destroyer destroyed me, bro. Well, the Spawn of Possession one. There's a Spawn of Possession one that he made that wasn't on there. But yeah, what, what did it say? It's Spawn of Conception. Spawn of Conception. That's adorable. Come on, for your child. So it's perfect. Go support him. Go support him. That is adorable. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude. There you go. So back to you now that you're back, Kelly, dude. Um, Yeah. So So we're in pessimist time. So yeah. What's trying to a label, doing bigger things, doing fests, touring the East Coast up and down. Yeah. When's we the start first, when, when when's the first record drop? So the first record dropped in uh, I think it was the spring of uh, 1997. Okay. Okay. So um, great record, and, too, dude. Oh yeah. Thank you. Yeah, Colton initiated. Thank you very much. Yeah. It got us a lot of attention, man. But like I said, we kind of went from you know just being a demo band to being very widely recognized. All of a sudden. Our stuff was distributed everywhere, and we were getting a lot of press, a lot of attention, playing more and more shows, and um, getting bigger shows. You know, uh, opening for Deicide, Napalm Death, playing shows with any band you could think of. Fuck yeah! And, um, you know, and then it was time for record number two, basically. Mm-hmm. So we started writing our our second album and uh, Blood for the Gods, and when that dropped in 1999. And we did our first European tour. And of course, the whole time here in the U.S., we're playing more and more bigger festivals. Jack Kosick festivals from back in the day, Milwaukee Metal Fest, New Jersey Metal Fest. Um, this other one called uh, New England Hardcore Metal Fest. Yep. That was long oh, running yeah. up in Massachusetts for a while. Um, now we're branching out more and more into states. We start playing up in New York. Um just more and more, you know, more bigger, better, faster. Who was the better. Europe? Who was the Europe run with? Uh, we did the Europe run with um, a band over there called Godless Truth. Oh hell yeah, dude! Oh, yeah, God. just to bring it back to my. I know, I know. Back to my, I'm not trying to bring Anthony, it back to myself. Anthony, this is Anthony's like. <laughs> I'm, just I'm not trying to bring it back to myself, but that band Carnivorous that I was talking about, our first, we did uh, a split. My first official release was a split with Godless Truth and Violent oh. Remnants from Japan. Oh, it was yeah. a three-way split that we did on because uh, uh, Zdenek, I, I think yes, that's how you pronounce it. Yes, his, name, his, yeah. uh, his label, Lacerated Enemy Records, was the that's first right. thing oh, yeah. that <clears throat> I ever did where I was working with a record label. And so, yeah, dude, I know about Godless Truth that. A band rules. It was part yeah. of my early <clears throat> upbringings in the underground shit. So yeah, dude, that's cool. Cool, dude. So it was Testament, Godless Truth, and just you two, uh, and, and and Fleshless, who's also a, a Czech Czech band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But back then they just had a drum machine. It was like the singer and a guitarist and like a drum machine kind of thing on stage. So you know they weren't like a real kind of band yet or whatever. But it was still cool, you know. So. And that's where we played around Czech Republic, Germany, a few other places, like I think Netherlands. It wasn't a real big tour. It was just totally do-it-yourself kind of tour. I mean, we didn't even, none of us even spoke any other languages. So, you know, they just took really good care of us. It was like that. How was food? 
How was the food situation when you were? It was amazing. We love the fact that like the bars never closed, like twenty four seven. You know, just totally. partying. <laughs> um, one of the one of the most memorable moments from that first tour was we had like a couple days off, and we elected to spend these couple days at this farmhouse out in the Czech Republic countryside. It was like a friend wow. of the, the bands, and they go, "Hey, we can all stay there." And it was kind of like you were talking about earlier, man. I mean, like literally no running water, no electric. There was no outhouse at all. You just had to go outside to, you know, Mr. There was a a shower outside, but you had to like stand and hold the thing, like pull down this chain and this cold water would come down on you. And um, it's like a hammered guy would just piss on you. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Like no toilet paper in the house. There was no. To eat, we had to like start a fire in the stove to like warm up this bread that we that leftover bread. To so it was like bread and beer, and that I was have that to ask you, dude, What did you guys wipe your ass with then, dude? Fuck, I don't even remember. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> Just the scoot the, 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 the eating up the shit. I, I don't three the longest fingers that would fit, dude. They're pretty much leaves or whatever there was. I That's literally crazy, do dude. not remember. Yeah, there was no heat in the house. It was freezing. Jesus. So, Black, but good, good old days, man. You know, we were we we're roughing it out. That was in 1999, so over 20 years ago. And back then, Czech Republic had just become a uh, like a free country or something like that. Like I guess before that, there was no there was no rock or metal even allowed in the in that country till like wow. I don't know 94 or 96. So we're touring there just a few years later in 99. And people were going bananas wherever they're playing death metal stuff, and there were sure. people were blown away, dude. It was nuts. They yeah. they had never seen anything like it. You know what I mean? So and to have a band like Godless Truth pop up not soon after, not too soon after, yeah, right. It, it, it's like there was definitely secrets going on. One and two, as soon as you know the the floodgates are opened. Let's let's fucking do this, dude. Bro, well, that's why they were playing the most raunchiest shit, man. Like that's where all the gore grind bands come from, and all the scat, you know, stuff like that with the album covers with people just covered in shit and yeah. And they went There's really other stuff ex- from there, like alienation mentalism, like that. That's one band that I'll always rep from uh, the Czech Republic. That band's that's fucking right. insane, dude. And <laughs> and they don't really. Uh, go for the gore shit but yeah i know what you're saying like pigsty that's yeah, squash out yeah like that yeah those guys like total blast open so, up the uh, floodgates and shit gets weird dude like you you, you repress for that long right and then you finally just take off all of that repression like shit's gonna get weird quick <laughs> you know like but that, hey, it's all expression, dude. It's expression. It's rebellion. <laughs> the, like the words that yeah. we've been saying throughout this whole entire podcast, rebellion, expression, yeah. all that stuff yeah. that you, as soon as you have a opening to do that, humanity yeah. is going to, a certain part of humanity is going to take advantage of it right at that moment, you know? Well, it really was. And throttle. <clears throat> Absolutely. And that's back then is when we met um, Kirby from obscene and he was doing um obscene extreme uh festival which is nowadays is huge back then it was the first or second edition you know no one had ever heard of it um Mm -hmm. 
you know, there's barely any like emails or ways to keep in touch with these people back then. It was bizarre. Mm. Write a letter or I don't remember. We would set up a phone call once a month or something like that to organize the tour. The times were very different back then. Right. Yeah. But you guys still made it work, dude. That's the thing. That's yeah. it, death metal's gonna always find a way, dude. Yeah, dude. Just like yeah. light finds a way in Jurassic Park, dude. <laughs> yeah, like, like we like we we think about like okay, so we toured in like the two thousands and we didn't have smartphones, you know, but we had cell phones, you know. But like when I was a junior high, we had pagers and stuff. So it's like, oh, you, right. guys were, you guys were touring back when it was like, we didn't have any of Bro, that. Bro, we were roughing yeah. it, man. Touring yeah, there wasn't even like euros yet in Europe. Oh, Czech, Czech Republic was still on their own money. It was totally different. Actually, like, I have euros. a question. Okay. Oh, sorry to cut you off, but like uh, as far as, because I mean, our first tours, what, what Casey's kind of alluding to is that like we didn't have a smartphone. We didn't have a way to GPS <laughs> anything. Like yeah, we our our first hardship on tour like uh, of of touring was getting a MapQuest like book for our <laughs> doing, and that yeah. was not you couldn't you couldn't go on the internet and type in like we would like to go from St Louis Missouri to blah 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 like you know it would just be like a map right was that how you yeah you even on bloodletting well yeah, yeah. Well, I mean just... I mean fuck bloodletting back in the day like, there was no there was nothing like did you guys literally just take a map with you and just get well. There? It, so Fortunately for us, like, as I mentioned, we were with the guys flesh list of God truth. So they already knew they already had the maps. They already had all the club contacts um, they did all for us and they would loosely translate it to us. You know, yeah, you guys come but with us. In America, in America, though, in America, though, you're like your first American tours. There was no GPS. Like, how did you um, navigate? We were, doing, we were doing map quest and stuff like that. Okay. Pesa mom had triple A and. Would like print out the maps for us and everything. So shout out yeah. Pesta Mom, dude. I'm gonna keep saying it. She's fucking Pesta Mom. What's her first name? Just handles it. Yeah. What's her first name? What was her first name? Was Joey Miss Miss Joey? We called her. Shout out Miss Joey. Joey, dude. Joey, saint. Good. Yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. yeah the map quest hold. We got the file folder every single night. Here's the map yeah. quest. Yeah, the next yeah that's Get right. There. It's like a binder of what's cool. happening next. <laughs> well, that's that pretty cool, man. guys. Was yeah. that here in the U.S. too, or over there? Yeah, Europe, it was U.S. Uh, U.S. Canada, two thousand six. Okay. Yeah. Oh wow. Canada, and then the, okay. the garments came out. The garments started, to come yeah. out, and that was like the that was like the next level game changer. Was like a Garmin, garment. like having yeah, yeah having that Top. whole thing. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I remember one time I was like sick, dude, and I was like driving, and I like. Was following the like it was like this big giant Garmin like it's like an old tube TV like yeah, thing. Yeah. Was, like, yep. And I was like trying to follow it like and then I like drove like I was like in the middle of the country and I drove like an hour and a half like the wrong way. <laughs> but it, like yeah. was telling me to go that way. Then all of a sudden it just like was like rerouting. It's like, it's like oh, go back like and everyone else was like passed out and like woke up and they're like. Like oh, I was like, "What the fuck, dude?" Like, I, I mean, I was like, "I don't know." Like, it told me to go this way. Like, you know? I'm gonna keep throwing this out every time it happens. But if you're, I, I think nowadays phones have gotten smarter because they're smartphones. Yeah. But like going, if you're in Michigan and you're having to route to the East Coast, it'll route you through Canada. So, yeah. and that's happened. That's busted a lot of bands. A lot of bands have been busted. Yeah, a lot of bands have been busted and like. For like having you know stuff they shouldn't have on them gps should be like, better than that dude. i know i think maybe it does now but like back then um yeah. there was a you know a band that we were really close with that 
went through it's like oh yeah just go through fucking canada then you get, get to new york easier well, now that weed's <laughs> legal like, most places siri should be like do you have any marijuana yeah, like a, yeah it's like a <laughs> right. schedule yes or no okay <laughs> yes we're gonna stay in the states no just like what scheduled it. narcotics do you have on you like this like type of button <laughs> it's like these are the worst places for them <laughs> but yeah that was that was and i remember actually after the only reason why we, we had this about to do the same fucking thing after the band that i'm talking about like was it just got busted and like had their butthole searched like we were about oh. to do the same thing and I, I had to stop i was like dude we're going like way too north right now we're supposed to be going east and I looked at the route and it was like we had weed on us and stuff at the time. This is like 2009 or 10. And uh, I'm like, I feel like this is not the right way. And I looked at it. And it was like, oh, just go through Canada real quick and go through the border checkpoint and then come back down on another yeah. border checkpoint. <laughs> and like, It's like, you know, so that was kind of a, a scary thing um, for bands. And you, which, you learn by these the things. Way, which, by the way, the GPS, you're supposed to work in all the traffic and all that car accidents and all that shit. Like, wouldn't it work in going nowadays. to the border check? And that, even yeah. if you don't have anything, it's going to cost you an hour to go through customs and all that shit. Right. And then back yeah, through yeah. again. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, well, I mean, nowadays they have like tra traffic reports. Fuck and you, Siri. <laughs> Yeah. No, I'm going back to MapQuest. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if MapQuest is even still there. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Have you guys seen the like new South Park shit? It's really funny. No, dude. No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm still serious. asking Jeeves, dude. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, no. So yeah. Uh, so we're going. So getting the pessimist stuff. So actually, I mean, yes. not to jump yeah. too far ahead, but like, uh, it's pretty far ahead, probably. But the so next would be possessed for you right that would be joining possessed um not not next i mean we'll, we'll have to we'll have to cover some i mean i don't know how yeah. late you guys were yeah you were getting no, no yeah we're, 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 we're you want, as long as we're, you we're, want we're okay. time, I, mean, it's yeah. a, I got a, I got a story to tell i mean okay you know tell a story. No, here, please go back so I, so I did pessimist and then and then up till about 2003 okay so we had we do our three records and we're going through some lineup changes but the That's whole time, still lost yeah. disciple. So lost disciple for the first three records. We did Call to the Initiated. We did Blood for the Gods, and then our third record, Slaughtering yeah. the Faithful, which we did with Eric Rutan in Tampa, Florida, in nice. the Fledgling right Studio, yeah. which later became uh, Mana Recording yeah, Studios. Yeah, yeah. Derek Roddy um, engineered our drums. We recorded the drums oh, with Derek really? Roddy. Um, awesome, yeah, we're friends with all those dudes for Fuck you know yeah. well over twenty years. Oh, we love and, Derek. Um, yeah. So we all, yeah, everybody loves Derek, man. He's amazing and cool guy yeah. and a it's fantastic drummer. Yeah. And um, anyway, around about that time, Pessimist was going through some lineup changes and it kind of, it had kind of run its course. And I got in touch with some old friends, which was um, my old drummer from a band I had kind of filled in with called Horror of Horrors in Maryland. So we'll see if that rings any bells, but. If not, horror go horror look it does up. does sound familiar for me. Horror of Horrors. Yeah, go look that up. And uh, the drummer was my friend Antar. He had moved to Florida and had started this band, Diabolic. Now, we had done... Oh, yeah. He had, he had a demo. The first Diabolic demo he had recorded in Maryland, and I actually played solos on that. I just walked oh. in, and he goes, play some solos, and I tracked over this stuff. And that, that was the unreleased demo. It was never released. He moved to Florida, and the band Diabolic formed. Well... 
I got in touch with him around 2003. He says, come down. And they were going over some battles for the name Diabolic. And we decided to start our own new band called Unholy Ghost. Oh, yeah. And which was a name he had. And it was me and Antar then. And then we brought in two of the other dudes from Diabolic, um, Jerry and Paul. And they had a recording contract, which they had just got with Olympic Records, which was a subsidiary under Century Media. Yeah. And Put they, out, uh, we all took that contract. And uh... Yeah, Century Media. So we signed that contract and said, this is the band, but it has a new name now, Unholy Ghost. And we put that out in 2004, Torrential Rain from Unholy Ghost. And now all of a sudden we're on a big label and Pessimus is kind of on hold. I moved to Florida and we started the same thing, playing festivals, doing interviews, doing, you know, shit was just blowing up. It was taking off like crazy. Um, unfortunately, that was short lived, only a couple of years. And that band kind of split up. And then um, I just went through a few years, guys, of, um, I mean, at this point, you know, I've got a career. I, I do audiovisual work. I graduate electronic school, you know, so I had a few jobs. I'm like buying houses, oh. having having regular life, having a job, you know, just doing the band on the weekends. And I end up playing in and out of like a bunch of different bands. Unholy Ghost, uh, Diabolic would crop up from time to time. I played in Equinox from Orlando. And I started gigging. I played uh, did some live shows with Angel Corpse. This is around yeah. 2008. And then uh, 2009, I'm back in Diabolic full-time. We've recorded an album called um, Excisions of Exorcisms, which is a fucking burner yeah. in 2010. And then really? that had kind of run its course. And then all of a sudden, it's 2011, and I get a shot to audition for Possessed. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember, dude, my hair standing up everywhere. I remember seeing it on I Facebook. Say, dude, it throws you right back to that young kid, dude. Everything I grew up on, I was like, I was paid for it. As soon as I saw it, I go, that's me. Mm -hmm. As soon as I saw the ad, I have to call them. And I wrote to them. I wrote to Jeff, and he wrote back. We set up some, we set up some interviews. We set up some, uh, some tryouts, and in. January, February of 2011, I flew to LA and somehow got the gig and possessed. Fuck, dude. So, so <clears throat> you awesome. know, I, I really didn't have to beat out that many people. It was pretty easy for someone like me who knows these songs inside and out since I was 15 years old. I already knew all the songs by heart. It was just a matter of learning to play them correctly. And yeah, I got the spot. And I mean, literally a month later, we're playing Hellfest in France, hmm. you know, with Kiss yeah. and Black Sabbath and like, <laughs> yeah, holy shit, bro. Well, I just remember getting <clears throat> seven churches even Sick. from as a young kid. And you're like, right. Wow, dude, this is Bay Area. This is the beginning of what was called. And I, I shouldn't say the beginning of what was called death metal, but they're the first band to coin oh. the term, you know, and yeah and to be a part of something that is is cherished by so many now <clears throat> currently at well you're saying 2011 so at that yeah. time you, you they're they're still going as as a unit and now you're a part of it when you used to be a fan of it it's it's yes it's just so much 
weird and cool energy that's going on in that because you're obviously like is this reality is this a dream type deal you know you get this feeling in your head where now you're kind of taken out of reality in a sense because you don't know what is real and what isn't for a moment if you really sit back and think about it oh now i'm the guitar player of possessed you yeah know? i don't know it, it was very real um the feeling was the feeling itself was surreal i mean i remember the day we did tryouts and it was it was very low key of like who they're going to choose and all of a sudden one day there's a photographer there and they go hey guys we're doing band photos and you're in it <laughs> that was your that was your thing they're like oh dude you're in it we're taking so, pictures now speechless i'm standing there like okay yeah. you know my hair is standing up my eyes are big and i'm like wow this is it yeah really yeah. really cool moments and i'll treasure it forever you know for the rest oh, of my yeah, life dude. you it's should okay, though, definitely because you that that is a treasure for you no doubt thank you thank you At very point, much dude and so how yeah. long did that how long did you go with them about three years. So towards the end of 2013, uh, yeah, we managed to go to Europe, I think three times. Nice, dude. Hellfest, Grass Pop, one or two European tours. So three or four trips to Europe together. Nice, dude. Yeah. And yeah, it was the whole thing was just off the charts, man. It was a growing experience. I mean, you have to keep in mind at that time, um, Possess was still had been was making a comeback didn't have any new music for many many years so in some kind of ways was more underground than they are right now you know because now right. once they're on new class and have a new record out it's you know there's this machine going before that we were really roughing it we were playing small clubs kind of kind of not starving i mean we were still treated very well but you understand it wasn't you know we were we were working we were working hard man playing these clubs you know, doing a lot of the promotion ourselves, doing selling all the merch ourselves, doing loading in ourselves. We didn't have roadies. You know, it was not easy. So, you know, that's that's it. I wanted to make that a point that we, we were yeah. fucking hard, you know. Dude, so, I mean, that's, that's yeah. I mean, that really yeah. is, that's still death metal, you know. Absolutely. I mean, even down to the point of loading in your gear and, you know, setting up your shit and breaking it down this is these are all the things that make us appreciate what we the art that we do more you know exactly I, if, if odious mortem went out on tour and just had everybody do the shit for them i don't know what i would feel about that you know i want to i want to make sure that casey is this symbol twist did i tighten this enough for you dude or do you <laughs> You need me to loosen it because that's really all I am. I bring up a microphone, so I'm like helping Casey put on his symbols or whatever. I require at least three personal drum techs <laughs> go on tour, <laughs> and I, I I prefer to be like lifted in the chair to the drum set. Like I don't want to walk. That would be so funny, dude. I just watched you get I, in my head. I just watched you get picked up out of a 15 passenger van and mm -hmm. carried. Into like, like the showcase me. or the brick by brick, I mean, you didn't even have, your feet didn't even touch. Oh, look the at ground, that, dude! That's awesome. 
No, yeah, your feet only. You're like my feet only yeah. touch the pedals and the carpet. I oh, put yeah, yeah. of my. I don't want to expend any energy except for behind the drums. You know, just. And then back. we just turn on the fan, and your hair flows again. Oh wait, you don't have the long hair anymore. I'm trying to grow it again. We'll see what happens. I don't know. Hey, six drummers. <laughs> what uh, what possessed drummer we played with? Yes, it was Emilio. Was in the oh, band. Like, the whole thing. I was in the band. Yeah. Awesome. Yes. Oh, yeah. Nice. yeah me, Correct. Yeah. Oh, that with your with your, your, co- your koozie, your uh, your beer koozie. I have a, a little bit. Diamond, of, bro. I have a little bit there of bragging to do right yeah. now. Yeah. A little bit of bragging right now. Yeah, this please. Me and, this is me oh. and uh, King Diamond hanging out in Vegas a few weeks Sick. ago. Oh wow! You saw it in Vegas, huh? The... Yeah. Psycho Fest. Uh, yeah. Like the first. Yeah. Uh, it was Merciful Fate's first show on U.S. soil in 24 years. Amazing. But, um, I randomly just like ran into him and we just struck up the conversation. He was fucking nice as fuck and just talked to me and like was engaging and was like, didn't want me to go. Like he was like, he was like, I was like, I was not trying to bother him. Like, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to bother you, dude. Just like, let me just can I get a picture real quick. He's like, where'd you come from? What's going on? Blah, blah. He's like, very cool, man. He dug like, in on you a little bit. That's awesome. Yeah, he was because, you know, he was, he's a sweetheart. He's like the absolute sweetheart yeah. of like metal. Like, and then you the walked away guy. and you're like, dude, he, this guy is. Yeah, yeah, I was. Isn't that the in. fucking best? Oh, did we That's the, just the fucking best, man. When you meet your heroes, oh yeah, and they're cool. Oh, as, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. You, you see yeah. them, and they just like he destroyed that festival. Like Psycho Fest was amazing. You know, there's all these huge bands playing, and it was great and stuff. But like when Merciful Fate came on, like the sound was by far the sickest sound. Like the stage show was the most fun. Like everyone was fucking like ninety percent of the crowd was wearing Merciful Fate shirts. It was like. They were there to see that experience, you know, and it was like the crowd was the loudest and it was just huge. It was just almost like life altering. Like I, I'm to be honest with you, wasn't the biggest uh, King Diamond fan. I loved Merciful Fate and stuff, but the like King Diamond, I, for whatever reason, I wasn't like never hooked me where I was listening to it on my own kind of thing. But when I, after that show, like I'm like, he's coming back on tour. I'm like, I have to see that now. I have to go. Like I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm hooked now. Like I need to be there. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, it was so much fun. Like that, those cool. those musicians he had with them were fucking insane. Like they were like this guitar solos and stuff. And the bass player that was like a newer bass player, but like the two guitar players, they were just shredding. Like it was Andy so LaRock. good. Yeah. yeah. I don't think it was, I don't think it was Andy LaRock for this one. It was uh, I saw oh, Andy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Andy Rourke oh, okay, King right. Diamond. Yeah, yeah. Okay. They, they were they were like almost like to the point of like uh, Eddie Van Halen style, like just precision, just like they just felt like they had that kind of eighties style shred down. And I was like, God damn, these guys are fucking. This guy's won the fest. Like out of the hundred and sixty bands, like Merciful Fate just came in and just won. Like sick, not even close. You know, it's awesome. Like bro. yeah. And his stage show coming out with like you're making me old... want to go see Merciful Fate right now. Oh, you have to see him. I mean, if you want right, to see well, like, an amazing show, you sold like... me, dude. I'm I'm ready. I'm seeing no. like I said, I'm seeing Maiden on Sunday, but I yeah. will work out. Just like yeah. him coming out for the first time, like the yeah. crowd for that was like was deafening. Like you could, you couldn't even hear the music. And even after uh, they were done, I remember uh, uh, King was talking about he was being interviewed right after. He's like, "This is like a fucking Brazilian festival. This is like." south america here at the vegas he's all you guys were super wow. fucking loud i couldn't even hear what was going on and he's all it's fucking because everyone's flipping their shit like 80 percent of the people went there just to see merciful fate reunite 
in America, you know, mm-hmm. like it was a huge deal. But yeah, sorry to kind of have to take a piss. But uh, where were you guys at? <laughs> but, uh, hey, you know what? I was, I was going to ask what's uh, some of the coolest, some of the coolest musicians you guys have met because uh, I've met a handful of, you know, my heroes in my life, yeah. and and some of them been absolutely fantastic, amazing, and you know, some not so much. So I was wondering what. Oh man. I mean, I mean, tour, I mean, suffocation and stuff like we toured suffocation multiple times and like we listen to them as kids and we like are bros with them. Like we, you know, it's like our, our friends now, you know, it's a trip to be the cool thing about death metal is how it's not like super popular and huge. So like you go on tour with these bands that you've always looked up to and all of a sudden they're your friends. Like you guys yeah. are like now your friends. So Suffocation was a big one uh, for me. Um, Black Dahlia Murder, like you know, obviously. Wow. Uh, you know, yeah. Yeah. You know, like wow, I was man. super close with them, and uh, yeah, but a bunch of bunch of bands. There's been very, actually, to be honest with you, it's been more rare that bands have been like underwhelming as people than like it's it's a it's a rare thing. Usually they're <laughs> they're I mean, but there's there's people like I always talk this about the story with uh, Matt Satello uh, from Decrepit, like the main yeah, that's great. yeah he yeah. was talking about like when he was a kid 16 years old like he was a big Ingve momstein fan like that was like what he you know rising force came out and all this, all these things came out and he was just like what the fuck this is like next level and then he went to go meet him and Ingve was like fuck you i'm not signing autographs at the same time though for for Ingve momstein though i consider that an autograph because you kind of i kind of want him to be a dick i know it does i don't, I don't know why i, I want him to be a dick it's like he's like he gets away with it where i'm like yeah. Yeah. Mom's team, like, if he, like yeah. yells at you and like oh, that's sick <laughs> like, yeah. Mom's, you just yell at me. <laughs> but yeah um, but, for, but for you what, what was what was the ones that like really blew your mind as far as how nice bro, for me for me hands down the coolest cat of, of my heroes that i ever met was was lemmy from motorhead oh um, me too yeah nice. lemmy multiple times awesome bro such a sweet he was the most most coolest guy, the most down to earth. He spent more time asking me about my band. Oh, what is what is that you do? Oh, you play in a band? I go, yeah. Oh, what is that called? Pessimist. Oh, pessimist. Yeah, what's that about? So it's that's the dark side, this and that. And we became friends in that way. Like he totally supported me. Like uh, wow, you know, exactly. how we ended the conversation. Well, I'll see you out there on the road, mate, and that kind of thing. We were like, we became friends, bro. That's awesome. Lemmy's just absolutely the coolest. And another one was Phil Anselmo was the coolest oh, yeah. badass. When I met that guy, he's the fucking best. And we met at um, Hellfest when I was playing with Possessed, like I was just telling you guys. And it was like, it's Phil Anselmo, dude. He's going, why you you playing fucking Possessed? I fucking love Possessed. Are you <laughs> yeah. in the front row banging my head for you guys, man? Fuck you. He was yeah, just yeah. the best and so supportive and you know, to me, that goes a long ways, man. I will always remember stuff like that that sticks with me, and I'll always do my best to reciprocate that in a way. You right. know what I mean? Like, support. that means a lot to people. Like, people uh, like a lot. Like, the music, music's important and stuff. But yeah. like, when yeah. a, a, in the metal community, like, oh, this guy's an asshole. Oh, this guy's cool. This, that, that's like yeah. that goes a long way. Like, if, if like people, if it gets out that you're a piece of shit asshole to people, your your yeah. fans and stuff, then. It'll 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 find its way to people. People will be like, "Fuck that guy," just for no reason. Uh, Never have met that guy. People will be like, "That guy's an asshole." I don't, 
you know yeah, and then yeah, same, yeah. phil and zomlo with me too um i mean the illegals we had uh, the illegals on uh you know in the beginning oh, of this podcast yeah. and stuff and 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 yeah. mike's one of my good friends and so is derek and stuff and uh, mike took me on the bus he's like you want to go talk to phil and i was like uh sure let's go talk to phil um i was like I, and they were like do you want to go smoke a bowl first and i was like i wasn't smoking weed at the time and i'm like sure i'll just do all the stuff you guys are doing and then go talk to phil and i got like super high and phil like was sitting there laying back watching like a horror movie on a on a ipad and uh mike comes up he's all dude this is one of my good friends joel blah blah and, and phil just popped right up put his arm around me and we just talked about football for bro uh, 45 <laughs> minutes we talked about the saints saints and chiefs and he was all he took my number down he's all dude if the saints and chiefs make it to the super bowl which by the way it was like one play in each of the championship games that that could have happened he's all i'm gonna fucking call you we're gonna fucking talk blah blah all this shit and i was like get the fuck out of here this is like this is like a weird like a uh, dream i'm having right now you know it's like just, just going like you, fuck yeah, motherfucker! I'll tell you, what, you know, was in my ear. I'm just like, what the oh, fuck dude. is going on? Right now? <laughs> yeah. I know, I was losing my mind. But um, yeah, he was a fucking absolute sweetheart to me. I was like, yeah, well, just humans, dude. And a lot of us make art that other humans like, you know. And that's really what it comes down to. And I would be that guy in that moment too. Like, holy shit, I'm fucking bullshitting with Phil and Soma. In reality, it, it's we're just making art, and then if you make some art that a lot of people dig, then that's what happens. You become a Phil and Selma, um, Dimebag Daryl. Like, if we're going to talk about Pantera in general, like it, it's Dimebag's riffs that really made me, oh, yeah, fully yeah. connect with Pantera, you know, and and, and just yeah that those moments it's it it just shows you that we're all the same type of thing on this planet how we're able to express ourselves you may hit the lottery because you were the timing was right you were ready to express yourself fully and boom now we have a vulgar display of power and and now there's millions of people that connect with the piece of art that you made well the one thing with phil though that was but he's a, watching but what i was trying to say is that yeah you get to that point where he's just sitting there watching a horror movie and all he wants to do is talk about football that's a fucking just a real human dude it's just yeah he's not like the gigantic thing that we all put him up to be he's right. no different than you i or kelly or casey or anybody else watching this right now we're all just this blip of existence and and we're trying to express ourselves in a way through somewhat of an ego to get our our expressions out into the world and his their expressions went further than ours you know <laughs> and yeah. now it got back to you and he's showing you like yo we don't need to talk about pantera we need to talk about how the chiefs <laughs> suck this year dude <laughs> <laughs> we almost went to the zero rule with them anyways different division no but the, yeah, i was I mean, digging the one, on your taint with, right there dude the, the one thing with with phil though and not to get too deep on that but uh you know, he was just kind of 
you know, canceled and for being this big piece of shit. And uh, uh, he said some he, fucked up shit. He said some dumb shit. But the thing is, he was like getting wasted as fuck and just thinking things were funny that weren't funny. And then when I met him, he was just a stoner. He was just smoking a little weed. He was sober. And his voice was fucking correct. Because when I showed up to that show, um, Mike was all, dude, we're playing like secret. We're playing all Pantera songs tonight. And I was like, what? It was like the beginning of an illegals tour. It's like it's not there's like one illegal song we're playing. It's all Pantera songs. I was like, what the fuck? In this small little bar. And I was like, dude, wow. I was like just like freaking out, like couldn't believe it. And he came out there and he was sober, just a little like weed. And like because he was getting like fucked up, you know, back then, like to the point where he was just like fucking wasted going fuck everyone, you know, like saying shit on stage. It was like, whoa, brother, like chill out a little bit. But then like he was just smoked a little weed and was fucking nailing the fucking vocals for Pantera. I was like, yeah. OK, he still got it. Like, I thought he didn't have it anymore because he'd just be like the videos i saw was him just like you know you know just like saying shit and i was like whoa okay well it's kind of like a shell of himself kind of person but he got mm -hmm. sober got that shit cleaned up and uh then i met him right in the middle of that and he was like wouldn't let me go he was like let's fucking talk <laughs> i was like just talk you know. football dude yeah, I walked out of there just like my pupils were just humongous. Like, what the fuck just happened? Like, I can, I <laughs> you're, totally you're literally it. like <laughs> high on Insoma, dude. Yeah, like, yeah. What did you just do, dude? Molly, Coke? Nah, dude, I had some Insoma. I had, I, I had a bunch of friends waiting outside the bus when I came out, and they're like, fuck you. And <laughs> I was all pissed off. <laughs> they're all like, what the fuck? Yeah. But yeah. Anyways, cool not story, to get too man. deep on that stuff. But not yeah. to get no, too that deep. Was... We just did like 10 yeah, minutes. Yeah, that, dude. That's a great guy, man. One of the best, dude. It, and Lammy too, outstanding, Lammy. outstanding. Yeah, I still would love to meet Ozzy. They Ozzy had a signing here in Long Beach last weekend. I was going to try to get to that. Uh, yeah, it sold out like the day before. I was like, fuck. Right. I would have. Yeah. I mean, that would have been like seeing the Wizard of Oz, man. That would have been like going to the fucking. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not to open another can of worms, but I mean, I've been seeing recently that he's moving back to England. I'm like, oh, dude. Yeah. Yeah. He's played it's, two shows though. Kid. I thought I thought it was because of his health condition, but he just played a halftime show at uh, the Rams Stadium, the SoFi, the six billion dollar yeah. stadium that was like sold out. He like I know, but that's the that's the turn. That's the way that like social media works. Like I see enough of that, and then I'm like, is he going home to die right now? Because that's I mean, what social media was doing. I need to get away from the social media because it 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 twisted my brain to think is Ozzy going home to die? Cause they post a pic. You, Joel, you actually, you were the one. Yeah. It was through you. And I saw, I, I saw some quote about like how he's got some like onset of Parkinson's and, and he's like kind of Sharon was talking about like, we need him to be in a place where he loves. And mm -hmm. so that's where he needs to like end of life stuff is mm -hmm. kind of like the, yeah. the quote yeah. I saw. Well, and I was like, Sharon, oh, shit. Sharon posted that. Yeah, and it was like him with like a cane, and he looked like super fragile. And I was like, "Oh shit!" But then I've seen in the last like month, I've seen him play two, played one in the UK that was like this like fucking Olympic style stadium with like sixty thousand people, and he like <clears throat> crushed it. Like he looked, he sounded fine. He was he wasn't like moving around like fucking like Keith Richards or whatever the fuck his name is, not Keith Richards, but Mick Mick Jagger. But he was like <laughs> sitting there just going like he was still handling it. His voice sounded fine, and I was like, "Well, he's." He's, and he said that uh, in the interview, he said, because the interview you just did two weeks ago, he was like, I'm going to keep doing this until I fucking die. I'm yeah. not. Wow. There's I not going to be like an end. Wow. There's not going to be like a retirement. He's all, 
there'll be no retirement. Like if I'm going to do this until I'm if done. Ad, if we admit it, like if he were to actually throw in the towel, it would be, it would be like one of those situations where <laughs> your significant other died and you died a week later. Just oh. you, your energy is, is taken you're away from this too. one thing that you've done for so long. Yeah. Like what else is Ozzy's stand? Well, obviously for his family, I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> Why is it, it's like one of those things, like you take away this gigantic part of your life. Like, okay. Yeah. I'm going to retire from that. How do you, I don't know. I'm just put on the Anthony drunk alert. Come on. I mean, Rosie goes, I'm going to have to take a week off of whatever I'm doing at the time. It's just, I mean, it's going to, Oh, that's hard. Know, dude. It's, oh yeah. It's tough. I mean, it was bad when 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 Ronnie James Dio passed away. I mean, I swear. Yeah, totally, dude. Hard, Dying back for me, I was I couldn't. I was yeah. like, I yeah, was destroyed. all those hurt yeah. me. It, it, wow. it, physically, you feel it. Those days when you find those. Oh, you wake up and Dimebag's gone. You wake up, Fuck. Dio's gone. Even like, Chris Cornell, like I, I was really that one, it, you Cornell. feel it. It's, uh, yeah, that was like what he was singing about and shit. I'm like, oh fuck, yeah. that was for reals. <laughs> like mm -hmm. like fell yeah. on dark fell on black days and shit. I'm like Jesus Christ. Sean, yeah. uh, shout Sean, out oh. sick drummer Sean yeah. was one of the biggest for oh, me, yeah. dude. Yeah, and then have Malone in the same year. Oh, dude, these yeah. these these things are are unfortunately what we're always going to come across in our lives guys and and you just got to be glad that you lived at a time to um experience these artists in their prime yeah. before that happened you know and um but yeah dude that tis life guys just rock it out rock it till the wheels fall off that's what that's yeah, the classic saying rocket and then that's what we're gonna do i i pledge to rock it till the wheels fall off with you guys Blackout with your rack out blackout with your rack out dude blackout with your cack out dude all of it dude <laughs> straight up dude like that's what we're supposed to do if you, all right let's uh no not to, no, I, I love your message by the way i'm not I'm we not haven't, we haven't wrapped it up on kelly though Okay, okay. Uh, 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 sick drummer. My birthday's on the twelfth, September. September. Thank you. Asked, oh, happy you birthday, know, man! Thank you, man. Uh, it was last week, ten, 10 days, days ago. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus. Oh yeah, dude. He believed. Happy thirty eighth, dude. Oh, he's a seven two. Yeah, Virgos rule, bro. Okay. <laughs> I'm a Scorpio. I'm not too far away from you. Okay. Awesome. So I'm um, a sign too. <laughs> no, but uh, so, I almost yeah, spit that out on my keyboard, dude. <laughs> oh, oh. But no, so I, saw, I mean, yeah, go ahead. I, I want to ask it. I, I saw, no, I, I saw Diabolic play in yeah, like two, like 2000 or 2001. Yeah. Year. Were you in yeah. the band at that time? No, I, that's, I that's, before I, that's before I joined the band. They were doing some, oh, okay. some really okay. big work back then, yeah. Yeah, okay. So yeah. Yeah, they were doing some very big tours, man. They they played in Europe with uh Behemoth and Destroyer six six six, like a whole fucking tour, month long yeah. string of shows, Cradle of Filth and huge bands. And then um, I mean, which is part of what led me on to kind of sign on with that band. 
but unfortunately like nothing really ever came to fruition afterwards and that you know just kind of faded mm, sure. I, also remember Giant... I feel like there was other band members from other bands and that that were pretty mm. am i wrong about that was there like another i just remember geeking out on the drummer when they were the opening band it was diabolic christian cryptopsy yeah. demu i said demu burger i don't yeah. know if you call it demu burger i don't fucking care demon demon burger come on guys yeah, just fucking... yeah that was the uh was that the um headbangers ball tour or something like that christmas tour i don't know uh, something Chris like that Aaron. dude but it yeah. was just a, it was a Aaron night Johnson. of drummers that's what it really was it was it was a night yeah. of drummers diabolic christian yeah and cryptopsy and demu which with uh nick barker so it's it, it was just sure. this night don't don't try and straight face it when it comes to you dude you're laughing <laughs> the whole time dude but <laughs> so let's let's stop the crazy okay just keep talking just don't worry about the visuals it's fine. but i can't not worry about it when you guys fucking switch every three seconds dude what are you all right, Anthony. Diabolic, Christian, uh, yeah, <laughs> Cryptopsy and Dimu, and they were all just yeah, phenomenal it. drummers. That was that yeah, was my main it. thing. Was phenomenal drummers that whole night. I think it was secretly just for the drummers, dude. Yeah, right, Antar was one get of the it off of me now. Got you. Yeah, yeah, Antar was one of my favorite drummers to play with in. Unholy Ghost and in Diabolic. Um, you know, he has a real cool style that's very similar to or kind of wants to play like similar to Pete, of course. You know, so it's that it's the Floridian death metal, it's the inverted skank beat with the you know the kick on yeah, one and yeah. the snare on the beat. It's got it's got it's got right, skanks, blast, right. everything doubles. And I mean, playing in that band was a lot of fun, dude. I loved playing in Diabog. I loved playing in Unholy Ghost. You know, those those years were a lot of fun. Yeah. So yeah. then uh, we didn't we didn't get back to the resurrection of Pessimist yet, though. So you said it was yeah. all this before Pessimist became uh, right re resurrected and and right. a new thing. Yeah. Right. So and exactly and, and we're about there. Um, uh, so I mentioned um, Possessed, and I came off of Possessed. And right about that time is, is when I resurrected Pessimist. So in 2014, uh, Pessimist played our first show back, which was Las Vegas, uh, Las Vegas Death Fest, it was called, and which I had already yeah, played with yeah. for like a couple of years. And um, yeah, then we started playing a couple other shows and writing some songs and stuff. And then... Uh, Trying to think what happened in between there, 2014, 2018. In 2018, we did a string of shows with Pessimist. We played Maryland Death Fest, uh, Las Vegas Death Fest again, um, some other uh, a festival up in New York City called, oh, was it Ed? Oh, what is the fest up there? And some other shows, East Coast shows. And we started writing a single, Keys to the Underworld, which we put out. I recorded it myself. I got Kevin Talley on drums. I wrote all the drum parts, sent him a click track, nice. mailed me the drums, wrote the oh, riffs, yeah. put that out as a single, Keys of the Underworld in 2018. And then also in 2018, I ended up um, 
I was kind of silly, but I ended up playing bass for a band called Hyrax. You know Hyrax? Oh, yeah. 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 That's out, that's San yeah, Francisco. Uh, here in L.A. Not that they're silly. It was just uh, kind of a situation there. You know, it's it's two brothers and the one bass player couldn't, couldn't play these shows. So I filled in with them. We did South America, a couple of shows there in Colombia and uh, Mexico City. And then uh, that was very short-lived, though, because the bass player came back. So, um, And then, like, literally, you know, the next day, the phone rings, and it's David Vincent going, uh, hey, man, uh, we need a guitar player for I Am Morbid. Yeah. Uh, so everything, instantly, the world changed. <laughs> and, again, like, it's again. Like you had yeah, I was just uh, thrown yeah, back yeah. to altars again, dude. Yeah, That's again, bro, because back yeah. to yeah. teenage man. Yeah, look at this journey I've been on this whole time. And to get a call from someone like David Vincent and go, hey, man, we need a guitar player, and it's you. Can you do this in two weeks? We're going to Europe. And I'm like, yeah, I'm all in at that point. So um, what did somebody say there? They're missed. They missed Pessimist at the reunion show at Las Vegas Death Fest. Yeah, that's okay. We'll be back. Tell them that. Hell, yeah. I think you're telling them right now. You're telling them right now. Dude. <laughs> We're coming back, dude. <laughs> yeah, we'll be back. Yeah. So I mean, um, yeah, that that was in 2019. So I mean, all the the thing is, man, I was guys. I always fucking worked hard, and I always had this dream, and I just never fucking gave up. Yeah. And you know, once I got pessimist back on the ground, that so my only, I don't have many regrets, but I really wish I kept pessimist more going more strong the whole time instead of it was kind of diluted by joining lots of other bands and being mm -hmm. you know uh distracted and focused on other things well um, you were the ring where you were the ringleader of the whole situation right yeah yes yeah, so, i mean everything happens for a reason you know yeah so i mean it's hard for a ringleader to be a part of something and also bring lead another thing and <laughs> so true. and you're and you're finding an opportunity to continue being a touring musician being a part of these things whether it be a new thing or something that's taking you back to your your essence you know it, it it's it's a natural progression through life like that dude where you're yeah. just gonna you're gonna gravitate towards certain things and you may, you know, things may dissolve for a little bit, but the fact that Pessimist was there from the beginning before all that, like you always knew it was going to, you always knew you were going to bring it back. Yeah. You know, it was I always did. there in the back. I could tell by the way, that, <laughs> I could tell by the way that, uh, that, that, you know, the thought that you put into a lot of different things where we're talking about, you know the tattoo that you showed and the artwork and all that kind of stuff like yeah yeah and I, I it would have never left your mind throughout this whole entire thing but correct you're just taking opportunities yeah. that's what it is at an age that you can take these opportunities right absolutely my friend yeah that's that's really how it's how it's played out and that's how how things have worked out um there's there's a new kind of culture now with um, guitar players who come up in this kind of, um, you know, I'm not talking down to anyone, uh, but there's kind of this new YouTube age. And as a guitar players have gone for hire <clears throat> and just gigging and getting on to 
bigger and bigger bands, but he's never really done something for himself. And for me, it was completely opposite. I always had pessimist. And these other things that I've done was just icing on the cake. The fact right. that I toured and played in Possessed, it's the fact that I toured and played in I Am Morbid or Hyrax or these other huge names of bands was really just icing on the cake. I never mm -hmm. set out to be a hired gun, you know. Um, I play from the heart. I write music from the heart. This stuff is in my blood. This is cool. uh, yeah, dude. You know, where I come so from. You so. Just, so do you like choose those opportunities just like, man, like I don't like, need to do this, but I fucking want to. Like it's cool, you know? Well, so that that has kind of been like an equilibrium and that's kind of tipped one way or the other. There's there's yeah. times, you know, hey, listen, man, when when the I am morbid opportunity came along, I was all about it, you know, um, because, you know, fuck, man, you go through points in your life and your career. When I left Possessed, I thought I was just fucking done, dude, you know, and I had I had pessimists to go on. And, yeah, when David called me up, it was like, you know, it was you know, it's like an arm coming down from the from the heaven, from the gods of death metal. Like, come yeah, join yeah. us. You know, it was like I was fucking saved, and we can do this. So that was a not done. Their adventure is not done yet. Mm -hmm. And I'm still hanging in there. You know, I'm still going. So that's where it's at. You know, I'd, I've had people ask me now, would I would I do something if something else came along? And maybe, but I'm not really focused on that. I'm I'm actually very focused on pessimist 110. percent Oh, yeah. This is my baby. It's it's finally time I got back to this. And nice. I mean, you know, if, if In Flames called me up tomorrow and said, "Hey, you want a gig?" I mean, maybe it's not very likely, but it could happen. You know? Yeah, yeah. Totally. totally. Or whatever band. You know, I'm just picking names. But you're a tried you know. and true fucking solid ass guitar player that's like fucking been through all the fucking hoops and stuff in life and and, and on the touring road on the touring road. <laughs> um and but yeah no it's, it's you're like a fucking professional you know it's like thank you guys thank you very much for that yeah i mean you've been doing well, it for so long i mean and you've been fucking yeah. you're very influential to so many people it's like you're yeah. definitely like i mean you can you might get that call you know what I mean? you know what i mean like you might be yeah yeah, yeah. but i mean it's honestly focus on this new record the new pessimist album is really where it's at for me fuck yeah Dude, yeah. I want to know what's up with Pessim Mom right now, and I know that that those, <laughs> that that child of that mom may not. Yes, dude, Pess Mom's come up enough on this <laughs> this show that I want to know. Like, are you in contact with? No, Pess? no, no. We're not. I'm still in contact with our old singer. As a matter of fact, he's a. Uh, our original singer, Rob Klein, is actually a forensic psychologist. He lives down in Florida nowadays, um, has a private practice. He's a psychologist, a forensic psychologist, you know, interviews like serial murderers. Yeah, what does that mean? I was going to say, yeah, damn. Goes to, yeah, interview them in jail and has to present it in court and this and that. And I mean, it made for great lyrics and he's made, uh, you know, held a, a living, a career out of it. Um, but that's what he's doing as far as, you know, what his mom, that's, I mean, yeah, it's, you know, well, shout out yeah, once again, well. mom, dude, we love you on this episode. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, we couldn't have done it without us. I hope for you're, sure. uh, you're doing good and you're, you're pessimizing for other people in your life after you had your contact with pessimist. Pessimizing. 
Pass them yeah. on, man, dude. Come on. <laughs> like, there could it's be. <laughs> yeah, yeah we just, we just it's made like, a it's verb. Like to right pass a mom is a verb. To pass a mom. Uh, <laughs> yeah. well, that's great. Oh, you guys. It's been fun. Yeah, so. yeah dude. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. Thanks for fucking hanging out with us and doing all this shit, man. We fucking, so, yeah. yeah so, what's, the, what's the whole current and yeah, future situation? Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it's really good. Actually, we covered a lot of ground. Um, <clears throat> and this brings up to the uh, current situation. So pessimists, we're in the studio. We're we're tracking everything right now. We track the drums with Tim Young, which are, are done. So Those are completely yes. nice. It's impeccable. Impeccable. It's just on point. Um, I bet. You know, we've yeah. got a, we have a different singer now who's been with our band since since I came back from possessed. So like in 2013, all right, mm-hmm. 2012, 2013, uh, this guy, Ivan Allison, who, uh, he and I have been longtime friends since the Baltimore dredges of early death metal days, you know, since way back forever. I've known this guy way over 20 years, one of my best friends in the world and who's writing some really extreme lyrics and vocals who are, it's off the charts. Um, and it's a perfect fit for the band. So we're excited about that. Uh, we have a new recruit um, bass player. We had uh, the bassist Kelly Conlon, who's been with us since 2008. Kelly Conlon, who played on Death Symbolic and also played in Monstrosity on a couple of their CDs and toured with the band. Okay. In rehearsal, do you guys have that, separate never nicknames so we know who sure. you're talking to, whether it be Kelly this, Kelly, Kelly one or uh, Kelly two? Yeah. Oh, it's so funny. We had to call him KC because Kelly Collin, like you have a KC right here. So yeah. Yeah, KC. We call him KC. I'm Kelly. He's KC. So uh yeah, yeah, he was um it didn't work out for him to be able to do this record at the last minute. And we had a a local bass player from out here in LA I've been working with, this guy Andrew Bowen. Right there on the screen right here. Shout out to Andrew Bowen. Death Metal Laker. What's up? Bro, he handled it in the studio. We're super happy. Um, this record's coming together. Um, the last um, sprinkling of spice on the cake is going to be uh, this week. I record my solos, which will be coming this week, this next week, um, with our producer, my buddy Ira Black, um, who um, he also plays in – oh, what's the fucking band he just joined? I mean, he plays in Bullet Boys, and he just played – and he just joined Violence, the band Violence. Oh, fuck and yeah. He just got back from Europe for that, and I think they're playing oh. South America too. So, And he's playing a bunch of other bands. He was, Ira played in I Am Morbid before I did. I actually took his spot in I Am Morbid. Mm. So, um, And he's also played in, I think, fucking Heathen and a bunch of huge bands. Um, anyways, an excellent all-star uh, producer, recorder, so I'm tracking with him. And then uh, we're going to have the record is going to be mastered by um, we're having the record mastered by um, oh, fuck, I'm just trying to play. This is really bad. No, oh, it's all good, dude. Hey. Anyway, um, the record's going to be done and um, very soon. It should be out next year. It's going to be on Season Mist. Fuck yeah. And so, which that's the label we're signed to now. Uh, we didn't get to talk about that much, but um, we signed to Season of Mist back around 2019, 
and reissued all of our old records. So our first mm-hmm. three albums that were on CD, now they're available on vinyl for the first time ever, colored vinyl, limited edition, CDs. They print up T-shirts and everything. And I spent a lot of time going through the layouts, making sure everything had stuff that's special for the fans, man, like very limited, very rare photos, uh, liner notes. Um, I even did stuff like mixed around the album with the song order, the track order for the songs, um, new logo on all the records, new artwork for Cult to the Initiated. So all the layouts, it's something very special. Oh, every album has um, bonus tracks. We've got a tribute to creator on Blood for the Gods, demo versions of other songs on all the other CDs and the vinyl. So um, something that we did that was very special for our old fans and to garner interest and get, you know, really kind of get the ball rolling and headed towards this new release with uh, Keith on a roll. Yeah. To have a, a, a label step up and, and repress all your older shit and, and give you, you know, um, option or give you some rain to be able to add certain things like hearing you want to do that with all your back catalog really shows me that you you love all the art that you've put out up to this point dude like if you didn't love it you wouldn't put in the time to do those types of things for the repress of these albums so cheers to that dude like for real like to be an artist that can sit here in 30 years later or you know yeah 25 30 years later and still want to pay homage to something that you've done back then and want to give it the time of day and and really focus on certain aspects that you just mentioned like cheers dude that that literally is something that as collectors the guys like me who still um just collect and want to hoard all these art pieces of art you know that is what we're looking for as a guy like me yeah well you're gonna find that in this new record by the way the mastering engineer is bill matoyer i was just i was kind of stumbling on his last name but bill matoyer who also mastered like um slayers live undead he also recorded i believe slayer hell awaits and mastered it um so that's who's going to be mastering our new record so it's automatically like a stamped you know seal of approval it's going to be mm-hmm. a big big record for us man uh, and, the back, really- and that's what i'm saying to back all that stuff that you've done for this long in your life dude like super super cheers to that dude like to be an artist that it still feels a connection to their previous work and and wants to give it the attention that at least you feel it deserves you know i think we should do a pod cheers bro we only live once what else are you gonna do let it just fucking fly by no this 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 is it you know thank you thank you for the cheers i appreciate that dude Cheers, Pop all that. Yep. Boom. Cheers. Hell yeah. Cheers yeah. to cheers to being Fuck able yeah. to accept your previous work, dude. <laughs> Not only that, but to put give it give it the love, dude. And that's what we really should all be doing as artists, dude. Give it yeah. the love. 
because that is a part of you that is solidified in time. It is yes. concrete. Once you once you record it, put it out there, it is a solidified piece of you. That well, forever. We'll be yeah. here after we're gone, too. You know? Yeah, that's a fact. So cheers. Like, cheers, 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 dude. I love all that, dude. It thank you guys. Really good. I love yes, the vibe. Dude, so, thank you so much for having me. And, yeah, thanks for coming on, man. I really Kelly, appreciate dude, it. You're, you're a rad dude, dude. And, oh, yeah, um, so fun, dude. Yeah. Thank you, man. Um, you guys are great. And for all the listeners, you're going to check out uh, Mega Mike's going nuts right now. So I'm gonna rate <laughs> let's people. rate them, dude. Let's yeah, rate I'm people. Well, let's let's start, right. we can start the. Awesome. Yeah, I'm gonna make sure I, I'm lining this shit up. Shit, take forever. Yeah. Line it up, dude. I just did. Um, All right, Kelly, dude. Let's keep in touch, dude. I, yeah, I, dude. I really enjoyed our our conversation tonight, dude. Yeah, man. You're Thank a you. rad, dude. <laughs> so, oh, so yeah, Kelly, you, you're out in Temecula. I think you're saying. Yeah, I'm in Temecula, so like an hour north of San Diego. Yeah, yeah dude. dude. Casey's got down a, there. I got a, a a jam studio in Oceanside. If you really want to jam sometime, this oh, in Oceanside, yeah, dude, it's like yeah. fucking forty five minutes from here. Yeah, yeah. Dude, we should oh, Paul, yeah. Paul Masvidal is going and jamming with Casey on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, we're Dropping going to see Iron Maiden. To yeah, we're gonna all see Iron Maiden. Yeah, he's well, you're gonna see with Paul Masvidal, Iron Maiden. Yeah, yeah, he's gonna. <laughs> he, yeah, yeah, dude. Uh, Casey's like he's, super homies with him now, dude. Well, we well, we <laughs> wow. kicked it last. night. Or last week is cool. You know, he's super awesome. Uh, oh, yeah. He's like he's staying in the area, so uh, yeah, we're gonna go see Iron Maiden on Sunday. It's gonna be fucking dope. Fuck yeah! But uh, fucking legend. Yeah, Kelly, yeah, it yeah. would be fun to like meet in person sometime and jam. And dude, you're an sure, awesome man. guy. And thanks oh, for coming on. Man. I would yeah. love to hear a Casey uh, Kelly. Yeah. Casey's super Casey's super humble, wow. but he's like one of the most insane drummers in the world. Yep, yep. You'll be good Drum, on the jam. No, he's wow. kind of fucked up. It's, it's he's super humble, like like he doesn't like show off his drumming online that much, but he's like the best drummer like ever. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Pretty funny. Pretty he, just, he just he just doesn't he left before he comes back. He he's so humble that he, he never wants to. Oh, there he is. Yeah, he's yeah. insane. Casey, you're fucking. Yeah. He got rosy cheeks now, dude. Oh, weird. All the all the top drum, like weird. all the Roddies, all the fucking everyone's like, oh, Casey, you're fucking sick. You know they fucking love Casey. Like, <laughs> and Casey's like, hey, Casey's all like, I suck. I don't know what's dude. going on. I suck. It's like, oh, Roddy and Kalias love the fuck out of you. It's weird that you suck, dude. <laughs> See, he hates one, day, one day, one day, he'll yeah. be the he'll be no, Casey, the guy I mean, Casey, you just have to oh. understand how good you are. I mean, don't like wear it on your sleeve and be like, I'm don't be inked by Momstein, but I'm not signing that fucking autograph. <laughs> but, like, you could fucking just understand how like you're phenomenal, man. You're an insane, like the most insane musician I've, I've ever met. I don't know. So, anyways, Thanks, uh, we'll that. Very nice to meet you. I know, I know. Thank you very much. Anyways, Anyways, um, we're talking about Kelly. (laughs) Yeah, we should go check out the show. We'll go catch a show at the uh, the break or something like that, man, in San Diego. Yeah, dude, you guys, that's what I'm saying. That's the whole thing that I wanted to find out is that you guys can start kicking it, dude. The brick is Yeah, we got Tim on the record. I mean, things are still kind of up in the air as far as what will happen going forward, but. You know the band. We're going to start getting tour opportunities. I'm sure festivals, things of that nature. And you know, we got a back catalog to look at, and there's you know, 
It's a okay. lot of drums to be played, <laughs> you know. Yeah, a lot it's of a, drums man. to be played, dude. Yeah. Tilly, man, you're fucking awesome, yeah. dude. You've been like super fun to talk to, and thank you okay. for hanging out for three fucking hours. Like, goddamn, yeah, thank you, guys, it, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you guys, man. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Good, dude. Very cool. I'm man. really, I'm yeah. truthfully saying, let's keep in touch, dude. Kelly, you're rad. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. You're, I can tell you're good. You're a good dude, man. You're fucking rad, dude. Thank you so much, guys. I appreciate you having me. Yeah. So hit me up anytime. You know. Cool, dude. And anybody hey, who's stuck it out this long, please go hit up Pessimist online, pessimist.us. Uh, yeah. The season of mist links for all the pessimist merch um yep. please hit up uh That's all I got, we so. don't have any go check out hey why not why don't i say this at the end of the episode when everybody's gonna go check out our bands dude odious mortem and, <laughs> yeah, and fucking decrepit birth and severed savior and all that <laughs> cali death shit that we're all about dude <laughs> Anthony yeah. drunk alert bro and yeah, it's dude, actually no, it's 8.8. Eight. It's not eight, eight, it's 8.8. 8. Um, battle Force Coffee, Battle Forged. Wow, I know dude, you're a surgeon, bro. You're a surgeon hard. Um, battleforgecoffee.com. Please go if, if you drink coffee and you listen to brutal death metal, this is the fucking hey. place. To get it all in one spot, guys. Deeds of flesh, like pioneers, California tech death scene. Come on, and uh, I'll tell you eventually. We'll have some shirts again, and come to Twitch next year. Next year, <laughs> oh my god, dude! <laughs> shut me <laughs> up, dude. Yeah, 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 all right, just no. Uh, I love it. No, I love it though. He's going to bed. No, no, he doesn't go to bed. He's hanging out. Yeah, thanks a lot, buddy. I really appreciate you coming on. Kelly, dude. Rock on and 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 do all the social shit too. Yeah, you bet. it's pessimist vault on Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff. We got a new uh TikTok that's out there. Pessimist cult, it's all one word. C U L T cult. Yeah, that's what's up. Yeah. All Good right. shit, Kelly. Thanks oh, a lot, yeah, buddy. Yeah. Thanks Who for fucking rating? Thing, are we rating somebody right now? I, fucking, I already did, dude, like an hour ago. Boom. All right. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, All <right>. Kelly. <laughs> that was so uh, love you guys. Yeah. Yeah. I love you, buddy. Good, good shit. Cheers, Cheers, man. Man. Yeah. Have a good night. Right. Give me up. Rock Anytime. on. Later. Whee!